0: happening you fat bastards this is mike and this is jim and you're listening to podcast croissant
1: hey Hey! the first rule of podcast croissant is you don't talk about podcast croissant the second rule of podcast croissant is that you don't talk about podcast croissant how's life in summer bay are you still banned from Al stewart's diner (laughs)
0: <laughs> A flaming hell!
1: Hey, did you spend your youth falling in love with one Aussie soap star after another?
0: Pretty First, much. First, yes,
1: there was Bronwyn from Neighbours. Then there was oh Shannon from Home and Away. Then Linda Shannon. from Round the Twist.
2: Not to, men- <laughs> not to mention
1: Annalise and the Alessi twins. Ah. Oh. Ah. Oh, happy New Year. Happy New Year, buddy. Yeah, it's 2022. It's a big year for Faith No More anniversaries. It's um, Introduce Yourself 35, uh, Angel Dust 30, Album of the Year 25, and they'll all be covered on Faith No More followers. I'm sure we'll be doing something as well. Uh,
0: inevitably. To celebrate.
1: Mm-hmm. By the time we finish this Angel Dust series of podcasts, it's probably going to be Angel Dust 40. Never mind, Angel Dust 30.
0: The end's actually in sight. Mm. We, we,
1: we've done well. Yeah, but we've got B sides, live show. Uh, that's it, isn't Oof. it? That's that kind of kind of thing we do here at this award-winning podcast.
0: Yeah, we'll find a way to yeah. pat it out.
1: The world's gone crazy over the Omicron variant. Is it Omicron? Yeah, yeah. Omicron. I always, I always thought that was a bad guy from Transformers movie. Is it a Star Trek word? I don't know.
0: It does. That was my first sort of. It was actually a a trans, I'm not, a Transformers not too thing. Deceptic- Decepticons and um, and uh, Autobots and Omicrons. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was hoping to catch it actually, so I could have another week off work just after New Year.
0: Man, it's running rampant here. You know, the- I was
1: going around licking door handles to see if I could catch it. No, no, no such luck. Although my daughter's got it at the moment, so I've got more chance of getting it now.
0: Oh, it's it's made its way into the house, has it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's not ill. Have you have you dodged it thus far? As as far as I'm aware, it's yeah. possible I had it, like when we were first in lockdown and there was no testing.
0: Yeah, I remember you saying that you thought that you possibly had it because you'd been very yeah. ill.
1: But I've been triple pricked, so.
0: Oh, you've been boosted. I'm just double. I've been boosted. Yeah, I I feel like the the memes of all the people dodging COVID. I, I've somehow successfully knock on wood. Knock on wood, I must say, I've uh, successfully been able to dodge the COVID so far.
1: Well, you, you jab all the time, don't you? Put a spike into the vein.
0: Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's me. Do you know,
1: when I was uh, touring in a pub band, we used to do a lot of, like, class A's and B's. I think most of the people in the entertainment business did in the noughties. Mm, uh, but I, sure. I used to do them to excess. Uh, and I used to film my exploits in, like, a, a series called Jim's Video Diaries. <laughs> at one at one point i thought I'd probably be able to sell them to m t v like um jackass or or dirty sanchez or something like that
0: no yeah.
1: i inf- i in fact had have you ever seen dirty sanchez
0: no I, I'm aware of what you're referring to.
1: Yeah, there's a guy called Poncho, and he once appeared in one of Jim's video diaries because uh, they were performing live in a pub I was DJing at. But Ooh. I got into some pretty ridiculous situations, but whatever danger or stupidness occurred, I got it all on camera. So, mm-hmm. and I've got I've got like a load of those little memory cards out of old phones knocking around with all these ridiculous videos in. Like the time me and my Aussie mate, Josh, shout out Josh, love to have me on Josh. the show, mm-hmm. for, got arrested for lighting a campfire on a pub roof. Uh, and I was just of wearing course. my underpants and a Darth Vader helmet. Of course. All the That's time, right. me and my bandmates upset a pimp by inviting some of his hookers to a hotel room uh, where we were having a party, unawares that they were ladies of the night. Um, uh, he threatened us with a gun, but we were unsure if it was just an hallucination or not. <laughs> All the time I missed out on a threesome with two hot European girls because I was preoccupied with wrapping my entire body up in toilet roll. Naturally. I once snorted so much that I threw up on stage. The only place to throw up was in the bass drum. So every time our drummer hit his pedal, the back of my legs got splashed with smelly hot puke. Uh (laughs) But mate, I'm not advocating <laughs> the use of drugs, and neither am I having a pop at those that enjoy <laughs> recreational substances. When I used to get high on cocaine, it always changed the way I acted. I was extremely excitable. I was like a <clears throat> cokehead Kim Jong il. We
2: talk about faith no more. Send us
0: So we go back to episode
1: 32. Well, can we just explain for those that may be new listeners, this is the section of this award winning podcast where myself and my esteemed colleague discussed conversation from our previous episodes, during which we may add new information or just talk some more shite.
0: Yes, I I believe that. Well, the intention is to correct mistakes, but it usually.
2: Hey, hey, Hey!
0: hey.
1: Hey! Oh, 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 oh! Hey! Hey! Last episode was a hoot, full of high spirited shenanigans.
0: Yes, it was. The, it was a holiday special.
1: I refuse to accept that Sue Denham is not a real person,
2: and I choose to continue <laughs> to believe
1: that she is in fact genuine. I'm also struggling with knowing that Mr. John went to so much effort. That's commitment. That was- Hats off, Mr. John. Yeah.
0: That was the highlight of my podcast croissant year. Really? You got other housekeeping referring to what? What was it? Episode thirty-two was our small victory episode.
1: Yes, which was a damn fine episode, an
0: award-winning episode. Another one of our award-winning episodes. Yes. Uh, and then we obviously had our "We Three Kings" for a day, uh, titled by you. That was that was brilliant. Yep. Yep. Mm. Well, look in uh, episode thirty-two. I yes, referred I to another, uh, another fetish and you were concerned that I was, uh, referring to the tribute, mm. but there's, uh, there's another one, uh, that, that came up just naturally in the conversation that we were having in episode 32 of course. that yeah. referred to the, the fetish or desire to, um, uh, let's say, crawl back inside the womb to go yes. back. To yes. I, rem-
1: I, re- I remember this. Yes.
0: And uh, the, the name of the fetish that I couldn't recall at the time, uh, it's Unbirthing. It's called Unbirthing, is the Ooh. fetish uh, for those playing
1: at home. This week's fetish. The <laughs> fetish of the week. <laughs> we'll see what comes up. <laughs> uh,
0: then uh, we also we were talking about the now, what was it called? Aqueous Transmission, the closing song of Incubus' album Morning View. Yeah, and you said that the instrument that was being played was the same as what features in. Now I'm recalling. I think we were referring to just a man, or then you were talking about small victory and the Oriental sort of sound. But it came up. Yeah,
1: but I didn't say it was the same instrument. I said it had a similar vibe.
0: Uh okay. Well, you called it an iru. Yes, an iru. But the uh, and and I and I also shared that that was gifted. By Steve Vai to Michael. Anziger, yes, you did. Uh, which was accurate. I went back and double checked that story, and that's just absolutely. Of factual. It was accurate. Michael Ianzigo. I think now I'm recalling that he was just hanging out at Steve Vai's house and mm. uh, looked at this thing and went, "That's pretty cool." And Steve Vai said, "Have it. Just promise me you'll write a song with it." Uh, but it was actually not an eru; it was a piper, piper, Piper? p i p a.
1: That's that's. A terrible name for an instrument. Iru is much better.
0: Well, you can have both. We've still got an Iru, but this is a this is the Piper, a no, Peeper.
1: Sounds like a, a, an actress from a, a corny American teen TV show, doesn't it? Piper Iru. P- piper Iru. I think actually that was a character from um, uh, Home and Away that I fell in love with. Get out, my pipers here! All right, Piper Iru. <laughs> Oh hi!
0: Like the the token attempt at some cultural diversity back in back in the nineties.
1: Hey, you know Al Steiner. You know his wife. What she called Elsa.
0: Elsa. Ailsa. Could I'm she sure possibly I'll, be
1: Ailsa, Could she possibly have been the ugliest woman to ever live? Think that's possible.
0: She was just a she was just the average Aussie
1: boomer, mate. Oh okay. That's that's, that's <laughs> so that's what they looked like. <laughs> <Bucky>. <laughs> Yeah, but It's bringing it, it back round though to, to Angel Dust, isn't it? They always said, like, a beautiful cover, the beauty on the front and the ugly on the back. So uh, obviously the um, director of Home and Away was a fan of Faith No More and listened to Angel Dust and thought he would imply that same kind of uh, philosophy into the characters clearly by having such an extreme of uh, of faces in the, um, each end of the spectrum.
0: So, yeah. I keep saying every time... Because you bring up therapy, therapy, pretty much every episode. And every time you say I do therapy, not. therapy, I
1: don't. You bring up Blastro every episode.
0: Of course, Screw I do. Glassdoor are the best. Therapy as a band therapy? is always spelled with a question mark. And so every time you bring it up, I always go, therapy. Now, I stole that. And I said in episode you stole it 32, from Mike Patton. I said, because that's how Mike Patton says it, because I have a memory of. A Rage episode where Faith No More guest hosting, and one of the members of the band uh, choose a therapy video to play on mm. Rage, and when they say the next song I'm going to play is Therapy, and I I swear it was Mike Patton that goes Therapy, that's how you have to say it Therapy,
2: mm.
0: and that was my memory of it. I've gone looking because I've I've gone to d- drop in a little soundbite of Patton saying it. I've gone looking for this Therapy thing. Mm. I think it's a false memory.
1: I don't remember it. I don't remember Mike Patton saying that. But I can't find it. I'll let scene. you have the benefit of the doubt and not wanting to make you look like a bumbling novice on this podcast. I never pulled you on it.
0: Is it around the late 90s watching a lot of these rage guest hostings that happen? I wonder, and I need to go looking for it, I wonder if Metallica did a guest hosting. And mm. it was actually James Hetfield that went therapy. And somewhere in my you know, my youthful brain, I mm. decided that it was Patton that said it. But it's possible that it was actually another Rage guest host. And I'm going to guess that it was possibly James Hetfield. So stay tuned. I'm going to okay. I'm gonna seek this out.
1: Housekeeping. So housekeeping from two weeks ago is now housekeeping for next week.
0: Yeah, we're going to keep carrying it on. I'll, I'll see if I can find a way to have a housekeeping rollover episode 82.
1: Mm-hmm. Brill, have you got
0: anything more else to- I talked about a band covering a small victory and it was, I called them Beyond Rush, but it, they were actually called Beyond Risk. It was a minor mishap, but I figured I may as well just correct it. So there it is. Beyond Risk did a cover of a small victory. It's okay.
1: Well, I, I, I don't know whether you've noticed, but when we're in housekeeping, I very rarely correct myself from previous episodes. A, because I believe I very rarely make mistakes, but B, if I do make a mistake, it's like, fuck you, it's podcast. Who cares? It's your
3: emails. It's your emails. It's your emails.
1: I'm so happy. Oh, my God. I haven't looked yet.
0: I actually oh, Got emails.
1: Oh, my God. We've got, like, a lot of emails. Oh, holy shit. Oh. We better get started. <laughs>
0: Look, you know what? Because, because we're wild and zany, uh, and, you know, I think you've got it in you, Jim. I really believe in you. Mm. Why don't we just start from the bottom and just let's just go for it?
1: Right. Okay. Let's just bottom go. Let's right. Just, right. I'm ready. Come on, son. You know when Mr. Miyagi claps his hands together. That's what I'm I doing do. Right, now. right. Okay. Here we go. First one from Andy Sintas with a silent T. So we've got to play the jingle. And he centers with a silent tea. I won a competition, was the only entry Mike and Jimbo, this for me Billy Gould is the poker oh daddy, daddy. Like my sugar with coffee and cream Intergalactic planetary Intergalactic and he centers And he centers with a silent T
2: Intergalactic and he And the centers with a silent T Intergalactic and he And the centers with a silent T With a silent T Hey,
1: Jim and Mike. Hey. See that? Jim and Mike. I love it when shit that I suggest becomes a thing. Yep. We'll continue. You can read it. Free house. Those were the finest two words you could hear in 1992 when you were 16. It meant that someone's parents were away for the weekend and that we could all go crash there, get ridiculously drunk and try and hopefully pull someone. Mike, don't know if that translates, but Jim will explain.
0: You can pull yeah, someone.
1: Do I get it? In fact, I think I even mentioned that kind of thing on the last episode. My mate Nad, shout out Nad, love to have your show. You yeah, he always used to have that. a free yep. house. Yep. Yeah,
0: you you pull you pull someone in. You get you get a, a root, mate.
1: Yeah, get root. Yeah, get root, root someone. Is that what you say? Root, as in yeah. Bang. If there's a
0: free house, you would get ridiculously have drunk and try intimacy. and hopefully get a root. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, one weekend. Rich Poole to have you on the show Rich pool. Rich Poole, yep. Had the free house, and around we piled somewhere amongst the alcohol and trying to impress Gemma Bolt. Oh, Gemma Ball. Thank Love to have you on the God, God. <laughs> I walked into the lounge. I'd heard a song that grabbed my intention immediately. I was already into music that had a mix of samples, rock guitar, synths, and sequences due to being a fan of Pop Elite itself and EMF. But this song seemed heavier and dancier at the same time, with a vocalist that sounded awesome too. It was a small victory. Yay! To be honest, I probably heard Epic and we care a lot at the local clubs like The Hummingbird or Edward's number no. eight. Oh Faith Lamar have played at both of those. Uh Birmingham, I believe. Um, but probably not realised that they were the same band. Or that there was music like this that came from them. Oh dear. Uh, we're only one email in and I'm already like uh, I bought Angel Dust as soon as I could. I loved it and became an avid fan, gobbling up all the rest of their music. Angel Dust remains my favourite album of all time, whilst a small victory is still in my top five. I just love everything about it, including those youth remixes. Thanks for telling us that, and it sent us with a silent Yeah, tea. that would have
0: really come in handy on episode 32, which was about a yeah. small victory. But also you opened your email with, hey, Jim and Mike, so whatever. He's
1: got a second email, so I might as well read that now and then we don't have to play his, um, his jingle twice. Yeah, no, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jim and Mike. Stroke, Mike, and Jim. I oh, see, he's 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 Very thinking good. of you. Oh, Looks right, like I sent my so. thoughts on A Small Victory a little late. Yes, you <laughs> made the episode. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. But I was amused to hear EMF and Pop Leaf itself being mentioned in the holiday episode. I had said in my email that A Small Victory was the first Faith, faith them all song I recall hearing, and my love of EMF and the Poppies meant that it totally hit the spot. Yes, I've just read that email.
0: Yeah, no, I do recall that, actually. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember him saying that. It was a while ago. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Mm. Greg Hitler has always and will always seem like a bonus track to me. Oh. Not because of the quality of the song, which is outstanding, because it did not feature on the UK vinyl edition that I bought in 92. What? On some editions, it appeared as an extra 12-inch alongside Midnight Cowboy, but oh. the original edition didn't have that with it. As oh. I mentioned in a previous... Song, well, that's not thing. was the last song I I'll just check that. Hang on. I've got, it so happens... My record collection is very near where I do this podcast so I've
0: As I mentioned in a previous episode the smaller and smaller I think as this is the last song on the LP I taped my LP onto cassette and listened to it endlessly on my Walkman so I didn't really hear Hitler until listening to a mate's CD a good while later. I'm just checking. I do recall that about the track listing. Dude there.
1: is right. The dude is correct. Yep.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. Not that you know, I just had to check. No, of course, of course. Yep. Yeah. The yeah, song is great though. Everything. I love Patton's vocals with a distorted C B effect, Liking God Hates Cow by Tom Hawk. Yep, the guitar sure. is definitely funky, funk metal question mark. The air raid siren samples and keys make it very anthemic. Just great. Mm. Keep up the good work, fellas. Cheers, Andy Send us with a silent tea. Thanks, Andy. Send Thanks, us Andy. A
0: silent tea. All right, Maddie Hinchcliffe is back with the subject. Just a man saying hi. That'll be. Yeah, oh, that was sweet. I was about to say that'll be useful in a couple of episodes, but it's <laughs> entirely different album. Just a man. That's not- <laughs> And uh, the the, the email begins by saying, hi, Mike, Jim and John.
1: Oh, it's nice John got mentioned. And then it goes on with a
0: couple of paragraphs here, which I'll read. Just heard the news about the tour cancellations. My wife and I had tickets for Manchester and we are gutted to say the least. She hasn't seen them and I was so looking forward to her reaction to the magic and mayhem we are so used to unfold we're so used to unfold, the getting used to the magic of mayhem unfolding. Uh, obviously, yeah. it is, the decision will have been a tough one for the band to take, and it's totally understandable and clearly the right thing to do. My thoughts and best wishes are with Patton, Bill, Roddy, Mike, and John, as well as with the crew and the wider F&M family. The news has hit me really... You know that cough that I did before with the wheezing? It's now I'm just a little bit... You know how you do voices? Should I do the rest of this email with a wheeze? the news no that's going to be a really unpleasant to no. I won't. and that. also
1: i think it's quite inappropriate for the subject for the subject that, um...
0: that he's talking about no you're absolutely right the news has really hit me quite hard unexpectedly so i really feel a bond with a group of guys that i've never met know relatively little about really and have no personal interaction with despite this they are lifelong friends and they are in my life daily Faith No More and their art have been the greatest influence in my life and have helped me through dark times and celebrated with me during the good times, and I thank them for it. There isn't much else I wanted to say other than thank you for all the work you guys put into the podcast. It's a fantastic community you have built up, and again, you are good friends that have shared many a long car journey with me. I just wanted to reach out and send you love and best wishes to some fellow inhabitants of Faith No More land. All the best, Maddie Hinchcliffe. Thanks, Maddie. <laughs> You right, mate? Hitch in the feels. He's a, he's, he's.
1: That was, that was nice. Thanks for that, mate. It was,
0: it was. He's closed out with some. Um, it's very touching. Closed out with some lyrics. Listen, man, I know that things are really rough and everybody gets you and life is really tough, but I know that deep down inside, there's a feeling that rides all the way to the end, which of course is uh, from As a Wanted Yeah, thanks, Manny.
1: Appreciate this, it. Um, this next email is along the same kind of, uh, Uh, emotional lines It's from rena hi podcast croissant are you looking for a way to generate more business through your website can i help your website get on first page of google and increase the number of leads and sales you are getting from your website you can take on your online sales to a different level (laughs) if you're interested please let me know
0: sorry song lyrics here yeah
1: (laughs) I, I will can you to sing to, this.
0: Can you sing these lyrics? Here? Uh, uh,
1: <laughs> yes, yep, yep. If I'm interested, then please let me know. I'll send you to our SEO. All oh, good, Prices writing. and packages. I remain online on Skype for chat. Audio, video, call, except. Oh, fuck off, Rena, Jesus.
0: Oh, reporting that to Google. They need to know.
1: Report Rena. She's ruined my mood. You bitch.
0: Mike Brown.
1: Mike not, Brown. Not Possibly likely related a relation to Jim Brown. Brown. Might
0: be related another to another with a jingle. Ben Brown. Mike oh, Brown.
1: All oh, right, Mike, that's my dad's name, Mike Brown.
0: Wait, you just did. Oh, oh I'm doing this one. You did Rena. Yep. yep. I did
1: Reena. I did Reena. Oh, yeah, I did Rena. I did Rena. Oh, th- topical. Do you know what? As well, yeah. I think we've done this for Mike Brown before. I think we've we've done that.
0: Mm. We have, but we'll do it every time. Mike Brown opens opens with a subject, uh, sweat on the brow and a tap on the phone, which is a lyric that features in the song that is the topic of today's episode. (laughs) What's happening, lads? By Jove, I only went and got the bloody email read out. Nice one for reading. No, you can't
1: read that. I'll have to read that bit. You say what's happening, lads.
0: What's happening, lads? By sheriff, I only went and got the bloody email read out. Oh, that was pretty good. It's very English. Nice one for reading out my first email. I had forgotten I had sent it in before proofreading. I appreciate you <laughs> taking the time to get through it. I would have just <laughs> binned it off myself. So the Sonia clip. Uh, Mike sent the Sonia clip. It had me crying with laughter. Got to respect that amount of commitment to the fans of the show by putting yourself through searching for it and then having to make your ears endure any of it. I'm grateful for that graft and commitment. Crack Hitler. Not one that I generally pick out when I am discussing Faith No More with people. However, I always enjoy when I revisit. I like the popping of Bill's bass and the first order type vibe of the chorus. A vibe uh, a bit 1984, if you like. Once again, another great episode as is a small victory, and graced the earlobes and canals. I also believe in the three mics rule. Ah, yeah, the three mics, yeah. For anyone that's uh, listening, um, what uh, Mike Brown is referring to, the three mics being uh, Mike Patton, Mike Borden, not a and thing. Uh, myself, Mike Hayes.
1: It's not a thing. The three mics. Well, it's this would thing. be the four mics, wouldn't it? It's the four it's, mics it's, now. It's, it's three. Also- No, because uh, there's, there's Mike Brown as well, so there's four mics.
0: Three mics plus, bike oh, okay. Also, feel the need to give a local local like band a shameless plug. Check out the boys. I say boys. They are all in their 30s to 40s. Uh, I've got a link here. And uh, I am fortunate enough to know each and every one of these personally as friends and have seen the band grow from day one 12 years ago. I've watched them write every song from scratch along with their other biggest fan, Ray, bass player, Cliff's dad. So big shout-out to Joe, Stu, Phil, Dave, and Cliff, real name Craig. Oh, because Cliff plays bass, real name Craig.
1: I think that that link will take you to Spotify. Metallica.
0: No, it's <laughs> Oceanus.
1: Yeah, Ray, Ray, the bass player's Cliff's dad. Oceanus. So that Ray, that's Ray Burton and Ray Cliff Burton. Cliff Burton, isn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah.
1: Is this just a play on words? Well, well actually, Metallica are from Liverpool, and the singer isn't called Joe. So
0: what I'm piecing together is Mike Brown is giving Oceanus a plug, or Oceanus, and their other biggest fan is Ray Burton. Uh, And then he said big shout out to, and he's named all the guys in the band, uh, and then he called the bass player Cliff, even though his real name's Craig, just as a joke because Cliff Burton played bass. Um, so he's given a plug to this Oceanus band. Basically, uh, anyone who's interested in checking out this band, uh, I haven't listened to it myself. Mike. For anyone wanting to find the band. So right, um, let's
1: chop out the last 10 right. minutes of this podcast because it's just making absolute no- nonsensical nonsense noise uh, in my earlobes ear and canals.
0: If you type the word ocean, like as yeah. in like um, sea, Like instead of C, like ocean, and then is, that's how you spell the band name. It's like ocean is, ocean is. Anyway, uh, he goes on to talk about ocean is a little bit more. Uh, Yeah. Says that they'll melt your face. Um, Oh, and then he closes out here saying, I'll keep this one short and sweet. Having just found that the band have canceled their gigs for next year in the UK, I'm due to go to Birmingham to see the boys and thinking of Mike P. I wanted to say to everyone out there, if you are having a challenging time at the moment, there is help for you. Even if it is just to have a coffee with somebody, to talk about nothing in particular. Mental health is real, and it's okay to not be okay. Stay safe and be sound, brethrens. Mikey, no relation to Jim Brown.
1: Say Birmingham again. Birmingham. Oh, you said, you said it right that time. Did I say Birmingham? sir. You want a Birmingham.
0: Uh, thanks, thanks. Thanks, Mikey Brown.
1: Okay. We've got uh, an email from Manuel Lautner and the subject title is onella mutti princess aurora and mike patton like that's like Ooh. a fucking like little fucking sex sandwich there already oh, do you remember onella um, mutti oh princess aurora
0: i remember you talking oh. about you keep saying aurora when it's Did- princess aurora now princess aurora was it was princess from- aurora then you kept saying aurora now i'm trying to remember the reference to you talking about uh, the the movie there was a, a favorite there was a movie Flash Gordon Flash Gordon. Flash
1: Gordon I would have got it okay Hello Jim and Mike <laughs> I love it when I love it when shit I suggest becomes a thing Manuel here from Munich Germany Bavaria to be exact is that it? Bavaria or is it Bavarian? Bavaria 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 it's Bavaria. a beer
0: isn't it Bavaria
1: is it like a make of ham
0: and cheese both it's a ham and cheese beer
1: I like it I like it I like Bavarian ham. And I like all sorts of different cheese. I like, I like all different kinds cheese. of cheese. I love your podcast. I myself have been a Faith No More fan since 1990 and could tell you anecdotes for hours now, which I will in the <laughs> sense of my personal experiences of Mike Patton. Turns out to my surprise that I witnessed one of Mike Patton's most beloved moments in his entire career as I learned from an interview that he gave. But first, to a very different topic from your holiday special, Onila Muti. Yes, Princess Aura. Yes, I agree with you. Holy shit, she is one of the most beautiful women in the world. No doubt about it. Luckily, my wife doesn't listen to your podcast. I was really shocked when you said, Jim, that um, Ornelia Mutti has only been in Flash Gordon nothing else. Well, that's not entirely true. Ooh. Not one bit. Oh. For one thing, Ooh. for another. Oh. N- and now, please fasten your seatbelts. There is a Mike pattern connection. <sighs> oh, wow. There we go. Ornelia Mutti has starred in 25 films with Italian actor, (laughs) singer and national hero Adriano Celentano, among others. The two are also rumored to be having a torrid affair. She is one of the most famous and popular actresses in Italy. Still working nowadays. Oh, well, I didn't know this. So, but you know, this is good. I like this. I like it when I learn things, especially about some sexy minx from the eighties. The films with Celentano have often run on German television. And here, every child knows her. Well, hopefully, the name Adriano Celentano rings a bell. Done. Sorry. It should. Mike Patton demonstrates he's a big fan of Adriano Celentano. Why can't I just put Celentano? I know every time. Why do you have to put the full name? And has gladly and often covered songs with him by various of his bands and projects. For example, twenty four thousand Baque and Storia de More. It's a small world. Cheers, guys, Manuel. Well. Manuel dotting the I's and crossing the T's there.
0: That was some good content. That
1: was some very good content. Thanks, Manuel. I like that stuff. That was awesome. And I think my reading out and pronunciation. Your reading was phenomenal. Did did it justice. Yep. Mm. Right. Peter
3: Walston.
0: Peter Walston written in subject. F and M and Jesus Jones. Hello, fellow F and M fanatics. Heard you talk about the great UK rockers Jesus Jones and on the Christmas episode. Do you want to yell it out? Do you want to read it read it? Fact! Did you know that Faith No More was one of the bands that got a thanks for the inspiration in the booklet for Jesus Jones debut album, Liquidizer. From 1989.
1: Nope. Didn't know that. Take care. Again, Peter. more facts.
0: More content.
1: More facts soaking into my brain box sponge. Loving it.
0: Thank you, Peter Watson. Loving Walston. it.
1: Loving these emails. Lo- Loving these emails. Look, I love these emails.
0: Oh, Gavin Maguire wrote. So on episode 32, you were reading Gavin's email and then you said, I wonder if that's Black Sabbath in his thumbnail.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. And it turns out to be Jeff Bridges. <laughs> oh the dude it's So garbage written in reference to jim's question about my email avatar it's actually jeff bridges in the photo with me and my bandmate connell love to have you on the show jeff Bridges. <laughs> that is. not not connell met him when he played a show at the troubadour in la back in 2011 cool guy keep up the work gents and happy new year to you and your loved ones oh love. thanks Kevin. Oh, and I said yeah, it could be is, Michael look.
0: Bolton. It's definitely not Michael Bolton. That's very Jeff Bridges. That's a that's a Jeff Bridges picture.
1: That's a Jeff Bridges. That's a Jeff Bridges right there. Yep. Yeah. Ben Brown
0: is likely no relation to James Brown, but possibly related to Jim Brown. Not me. Mm. Could also be related to Charlie Brown. But you can't. A cartoon character silly ben Brown, he's for a man ben Brown. subject crack hitler happy new year cross on tears i loved
1: no, he's su- it, put cross on tears yeah but it's i cross on tears ben
0: yeah i just wanted to pretend that he wrote cross tears because i prefer it
1: all right okay i, I'll, I won't interject and you you, you go ahead i'll
0: no, leave it it's fine no, I loved the. Sup- I leave lo- it,
1: leave it. <laughs> we leave
0: all shit in this this podcast. It's all natural. <laughs> if you're here to listen him, to a professional, fucking, just leave it. <laughs> it's honest. <laughs> just,
1: just leave all. Shit everyone
0: in. loves. Just everyone leave all that shit about
1: ugly people for a moment away. Leave honesty
0: <laughs> in podcasts <laughs> nowadays.
1: Uh, it's real. It's our happening. Ah, oddcast our, our odd is um, honest as fuck. Are you saying oddcast? Yeah. And it's an award-winning Oddcast.
0: Oddcast odd would be a good uh, Tomahawk podcast name ah. for anyone who wants to start a Tomahawk. Maybe when we're
1: fed up of doing Faith No More songs, mm. we should do a Home and Away, Home and away <laughs> podcast. We could do a Tomahawk. characters from We Home could, could
0: do a Tomahawk. Uh, yeah, we could do a Home and Away episode. <laughs> Ben Brown writes, I love the surprise non f m show and I will be checking out some of those albums that you shared as important in your lives. It's interesting how some of the bands that Faith No More fans often love are ones that have never appealed to me. But I can't say that about Killing Joke. I love that band. Thank you, Mr. John, for reading my last email with dripping snark and disdain. I loved your presence on the last show, but it was a little strange hearing you speak like a normal person. I agree.
1: It was. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it went too normal, didn't it? He almost destroyed the illusion of his of his character. It, I
0: it took me a really long time to warm up that episode. Like we sort of got halfway in before I sort of relaxed because it was just jarring. I mean he did gift you a giant dildo.
1: No, that was Warwick Davis. <laughs> he sent it through the post and he opened it up and Warwick <laughs> Davis popped out. And <laughs> <I> went Bitchawa <laughs> Of course you're talking about the
0: star of uh Willow, right?
1: Yes, that's 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 it. Yes, yes.
0: Got the references <laughs> time. Uh, ben Brown continues. Crack Hitler is usually my least favourite song on Angel Dust. Yeah. Ooh, but I do think it is great. Maybe it's because by that point in the album, we've already heard a lot of pattern character studies. A non-lyrical Jesus. chorus. A wow effect.
1: I remember what flying in... St- <laughs> just stop, stop. What happened there? You went,
2: maybe because I'm on the album. I've already cracked
1: it. You totally, like, your voice just totally disintegrated over that sentence. Did it? Yeah, were, oh, yeah, yeah, I
2: was.
1: I was just trying to
0: be enthusiastic. I was just going a little bit. I remember flying in South America. <laughs> ben Brown can fly. <laughs>
1: He's a Carrello de Vodó.
0: Ben Brown is able to fly in South America. Ben Brown.
1: Did you not like my joke then? He's a Carrello de Vodó.
0: Y- you know what? Which I didn't in Portuguese, it. Portuguese. I was too busy. Which is
1: the language of Brazil.
0: That was actually really means good. Means flying dick. Y- yeah, I know it was. You made an exceptionally witty call, which uh, I Witty. Just, witty. Which I just brushed over to. Do my mundane, just boring little, jingle d- that everybody's jingle heard a thousand
1: times. When yeah.
0: here you are, it's almost dropping- as bad
1: as oh, Picky Willy.
0: <laughs> oh God, what a time!
1: Well, that 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 made my wife laugh,
0: <laughs> Picky Willy. So Ben Brown remembers flying in South America, uh, and yep. Jim Brown made a joke uh, of Carolo Voador, which is really. Quite clever.
1: Why why are you now explaining the joke?
0: Uh, But he continues with, I couldn't remember where the airport announcer was recorded and I was hoping to hear her directing people to their Miami flight, but never heard her. My favourite live version of this song is from Tempe, Arizona in 93. You could call it the extended wah-wah intro mix. Jim seemed to be having a good time.
2: Clap your hands.
0: Thank, Cheers, you. Thank you, Ben Brown. I will look that particular version up because in my live listening, I don't recall listening to a Tempe, Arizona one. We have a Tempe here in Sydney. There's a little Tempe, two, two suburbs over from Marrickville.
1: How far is Summer Bay from yours?
0: Summer Bay. Uh, that would be, ooh, without traffic, about 40 minutes.
1: Next email from Anna Maria Starnell in a flash is the, um, what's that called?
0: The subject. the subject, yeah, yeah. It's
1: dear a- Mike and Jim and Mister John, Mister John, no, no, John's John's
2: creeping in in here, yeah, in
1: it. I knew yeah. it were a mistake to have him co-hosting on that episode. Um, hope you are well. Really enjoyed the a small victory and Christmas episodes. That was masterfully trolled by Mister John. Unless you were all in on it, no, we actually weren't. We actually were not <laughs> in on that. That was that was a proper troll. Yeah, you are right, Maria, Anna, Anna. Anna Maria, Mariana. There is an artist who calls herself Sue Denim. Her real name Susan Caldwell. She was in the group Robots in Disguise. Another Transformers reference there. See, it all comes around. Yeah. This is why this is an award-winning podcast. <laughs> Flash Gordon is a favorite of mine, and you'll be happy to know Arnela Multi is in a lot of movies. Yes, yes. we know. We God, we, yeah. yeah, we do. Swan in Love with Jeremy Irons is something I do recall seeing a long time ago, and she played the lovely Odette. Danger Di- Danger, Diabolique has a very solid six degrees tight to map Bite pattern. Yeah, we know. He covers the theme tune on Mondo Carne. Yeah, I know. It was a song by Ennio Morricone, yeah, no, called Deep Down, yeah, no. According to the All Music Guide, his version is the only version that is left since the original is lost now. Yeah, but Danger Diabolique is what the Phantomus first album cover is as well.
0: And didn't he almost call Phantomus, uh Diabolic? I think he did. Yeah, and then Mike Borden had uh, Clairvoyant tell him that it would be bad luck. So Patton chose not to use the name diabolic and went with Phantoms.
1: Oh, well, I didn't know that. Um, but anyway, so Anna Maria, don't come on my fucking podcast and try and tell me shit that I already know, all right? Yeah? You should have gone along down the Orneela Mutti line, like but she did. whoever we spoke to before, Manuel. But she
0: did. Just because she wrote her email a couple of days after Manuel doesn't – Like, this is this is – Anyway –
1: the, uh, well, I didn't the video too small... so I appreciate. Oh. It. You, well, I you didn't know you... that Mike Patton did deep down. Yes, I know with that with Mondo Carney. Yeah, but
0: I just but I didn't know that all, all music Guide, his version is the only orig- is the only one since the original is lost now. I appreciate Anna, Anna Maria writing in. So I,
1: I, no, I, I appreciate Anna bit, Maria. I think you're being. I know, Anna Maria. I appreciate you. I just don't come on my bit, fucking podcast and try and, and tell me shit about my favorite fucking band. All right. No, I, 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 think, anyway, I think the, vi- the I video, the video to a small, I like- can I finish the email?
0: Don't want to know. She continues <laughs> the video. To- <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll do
1: it. Oh, it's all right. I'm joking. The video to a small victory is odd in, is odd though. On a shallow note, it's hard to go wrong with pattern in a suit. See also the Ashes to Ashes video. Mm -hmm. I know he's in a suit to the Ashes to Ashes video, (laughs) Anna Maria. (laughs) 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 Had no idea the director also did the Wet 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 video. Well, you do now.
2: Mm -mm.
1: I liked hearing about your favourite albums. This girl I knew would play You're the Voice over and over. She wasn't Australian.
0: She sounds amazing. Love to have that girl you knew on the show.
1: Are you sure? really loved e m f and they used to do a great cover of Search and Destroy, Yes, they do I did, so I just saw that i Ip- i can't even say Ipec I just said it. I just saw that Ipecac posted there will be a new desk there will be a new Dead Cross album this year. What does this all mean i don't know, and it's probably safe to assume we won't learn more until Patton feels ready to tell us. I just feel that this is a good sign, and anyway they've been working on it since two thousand and nineteen or so, and they don't appear to have changed members. Anyway, Crack Hitler, what tune that is? Best, Anna Maria, Maria, Anna, Anna Maria. Anna Maria. I think I was a bit mean to you there, Anna. I'm sorry. It was nice to see, was it Justin
0: Pearson? Justin Pearson or Michael Crane? One of them. I follow them both on Instagram. One of them said, mm-hmm. really stoked to have made the cut for 2022 releases. So they seem excited about the Dead Cross release. I know I am. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Jim apparently has nothing to say. Oh, wait. Oh my god, that's all the emails, bro.
4: Ich bin Herr John und ich bin ein Faktenhistoriker. Let's spoon-feed your mind with some Faith No More facts, what I just made up, for this episode, which is all about the Faith No More song, Crap Hamster. I might have misread that. Facts! Faith No More kiki man, Roswell Crash Site Bottom, once dated a man made entirely out of pizza. The relationship lasted briefly during the recording of the Faith No More album Ample Donuts, but was stopped when singing hat-wearer and ring-pull-on-your-face Mike Plankton mistook him for a sandwich, folded him in half, and ate the pizza boyfriend during an interview with Music Television's MTV, which stands for Music Television, in the days when they cared about music. And not television. Facts. Facts. Fact. The man who does the bass, which is the Booga Daddy himself, Bill Good, is a Bond villain. Yes, our Hungarian counterparts, Podcast Kulfoldi Pekaruch, recently discovered by doing actual research with Think People, that his family descended from Hungary, and their original name was...
2: Goldfinger!
4: He's the man, the man with the Midas touch, but on bass, not Fort Knox with Pussy Galore that's something that Guns and Roses would do. Facts This fact. <laughs> is quite funny, actually, but it says here there isn't a third faith no more fact in German. I know, right? Complete surprise, I was shocked. So here's some music done by those awfully nice people, musicians. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, totally. It's nothing more. I'm just gonna switch on for a bit. I've probably wasted lots of people's time, uh, which I'm not sorry for in the slightest. Show topic. Show topic.
1: It's a it, it's a, a show topic. It's a show topic. It's a show topic. It's a, a, a show topic. Crack Hitler. Angel Dusty as the A-D-A-F. Working title, Action Adventure. What track is it? Eleven. On the album? Angel Dust. Yes, you are right. <laughs> it's <laughs> a funky motherfucker. It's Shaft meets James Bond. It's Danger diabolique meets Hawaii 5 That's it, you've got two. 70s cop shows with similar... Theme tunes. Uh The Streets of San Francisco, starring Michael Douglas.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: The theme from SWAT. Play samples of both those right now. Done. Thanks,
0: Future Mike.
1: So uh, here we go. Start off with a quote from Michael Patton in 1992. There's a few songs on here, talking about Inchered dust that are like genre songs. They're cool because they have a certain thing. Crack Hitler is like a sleazy version of the emergency theme, like a 70s TV action show. It's got like a shaft guitar line and siren samples. You picture five cops with guns chasing a guy through an alley. It's like bad, bad, bad disco, bad, horrible. Play the emergency theme. <laughs> So Patton first spoke about his experience of being, what well, that didn't even make sense. My notes don't make sense. Patton spoke his first experience, what? Patton spoke about his first experience of music being soundtracks, i.e. Star Wars. First ever album he bought, Star Wars soundtrack.
0: I did not know that. I don't feel like we've ever said that in our 34 of episodes of Podcast Croissant. Have we ever said that Mike Patton's first um thing was a sa- star wars soundtrack
1: yeah but he did say and i can't remember what year this is from bad bad jim not right down the year i grew up in a really small town movies were to me like a way out it was an escape valve i remember having my parents drop me off at the movies all the time it would be a slasher film like butcher baker nightmare maker star wars was one of those as well I go back and look at it like, what was I thinking? I think a part of it actually was before I was a musician, I think what I was doing was listening more than watching. So really, my first experience with film was more auditory than visual. Mm. So I like that Mike Patton, like his first introduction to music, was soundtracks, was was movie soundtracks. Yes. So do you ever hear soundtracks playing in your head during life?
2: Hmm. So,
1: like, when something sad or an emotional happens... Yeah. And and you're sad. Mm. You know what sad is? Yeah. Sad is like
2: this.
1: (laughs) Yeah? Or when you feel like, you're king of the world! I'm seriously the greatest person in this podcast right now! Yeah! And I could just fucking reach up and grab a star from the sky and stick it up my ass. Yeah? Yeah! Or, when you're feeling a little amorous and you put on your best
2: very white voice and say, I just want to make a we love to you, baby. Right here. Right now.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. Or when you see your neighbour's car parked in front of your drive, blocking your car in for the third time this fucking week, oh. and you just want to jump over the fence, and him to death with his own wheelie bin. Yes. Or when you're deep in thought, hmm. and you turn to something culturally inappropriate. Oh, all the time. Or <laughs> when you... Or when you... <laughs> sorry. Or... When your car can drive itself and talk like nightlight, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man who does not exist. Michael Knight is a young a crusade to champion the cause of the innocent, the helpless, the powerless in a world of criminals who operate above
0: the law. I don't know what's happening right now, but I love it.
1: Soundtracks are ace. That's all I want to say. Soundtracks are ace. And Mike Patton agrees with me. And Crack Hitler has a 70s cop show theme soundtrack vibe to it.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: So that's my introduction over and done with When did you first hear it?
0: 1992.
1: (laughs) Okay. That narrows it down, Mike. Thanks.
0: (laughs) You know, I don't remember the first time I heard Crack Hitler. I don't know that it was a standout for me. It was just one of those ones that just sort of oh. seeped into my Angel Dust experience where it was just over time. It was like, oh, I like this album. Why, why like don't you just song. go
1: join Ben Brown and go sit on the fence? It's a great song. It's, it's ADFF. No, it's not. It's ADFF. Like
0: you and Bill Gould are BBFs? BBFs and ADFFs and yep. 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 yep.
1: Me and Bill. Sitting in a tree, K I S S I N G, dressed as a bum. But it, it's become
0: it's become one of my. Sorry, I, I I just did that dismissive thing again, where you do something really funny and do more references, and I just move on. That was funny, although it didn't. It just it just seeped its way into the angel dust uh, environment in my listening. It's become a favorite go to. For testing speakers and headphones. Anytime ha! if I go <laughs> to a store and I want to hear, you know, a set of speakers or something, this is one of the songs that I put on.
1: I could just imagine, you know, you sat down having a having a coffee with uh the the five members of Faith, I'm, oh do you know that's you know that song, Crack Hipper? I fucking love that song. That's the song I used to test <laughs> speakers and earphones. <laughs> yeah
2: the oh, fuck
1: <laughs> i first heard the song as a b like bee life i first heard the song as a b side a bee, a bee like a
0: bumblebee suit a b a b suit
1: yep yeah, the the bumblebee side yep those two with jizz lobber and midnight cowboy uh, give a real glimpse into the diversity yeah. of angel dust yeah i love crack Hitler for the first time i heard it on an album of oddities and genre experiments yeah it stands out and faith them i've never really on anything like it. And since- you know,
0: it does appear to be one of the more favored tunes in the uh, early early discussions of the album. There's that uh sort of unofficial footage called The Making of Angel Dust. It's uh, it's out there. The band are talking uh about the album to come, and Crack Hitler is favored as one of the potential first singles. They they seemed pretty optimistic about this
1: tune. Okay. Well, if we just want to stand back a sec. FNM FACT! Crack Hitler was considered as the album title. Ooh. That dare be an f and Fact. FACT. If ever I heard one. Crack Hitler, number 32 out of 105 songs in the now famous Faith No More greatest mm-hmm. song poll. The songs below it from Angel Dust and Malpractice, RV and Easy. All the other Angel Dust songs come above it so cool they were the popularity stats yep.
0: thanks thank you
1: before we get into talking about the song i've got one more quote here which the is old from Quody, old
0: quotey jimmy brown quotey man what have you got
1: yeah bugger daddy bill said and don't know the year again. oh bad jim bad jim not put the year again anyway he said i guess if you have a song like crack hitler on a record following a platinum album then chances are the people behind it probably either have really bizarre sense of humor or are a bit strange
0: thanks booger daddy bill thanks bill love to have you on the show
1: get back in my pocket right okay so where are we starting from beginning
0: the intro it fades up doesn't it or shall we begin at the end (laughs) it's a fade in
1: song Oh, it's that guy brushing his teeth, isn't there? Play that sample of that guy brushing his teeth. Yeah. I liked that. That made me laugh. Many episodes ago, that made did. me laugh. You did laugh. I laughed out loud like this.
0: <laughs> like <laughs> it was that. a scene from like Ozark. That. Have you watched Ozark? Great show. Um, yeah, season 4 is about to come out, I think, 24th of January at a guess. Which could, well, I think this episode will come out after that date. So I think- As it got, Team Wolf. Jason Bateman. The guy from Team Wolf Wolf
1: Wolf 2. Yes. Yes, it does. It's a good show. It's a great show. And and that is the first pop culture reference you have got. You have actually understood in this entire series of podcasts. In the 34 episodes we've done, that's the first time you've got a pop culture reference. Well done. Thanks. Feels good. Yeah, right.
0: opens with wah. intro. It's sort of like you know, um, you yeah. know how um Jimi Hendrix has that song. Shaft. Oh yeah, yeah, it's like that too. Voodoo Child, because that that's got a rhythm yeah. that goes wow, 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 but it opens with a wak,
2: wak, 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 just
0: just the walking the quacking
1: do you know i once had an argument with somebody about that jimmy hendrix mm. song in particular and i said it was called voodoo yeah. child and he argued that it was called voodoo chili turns out yeah, we were both
0: yeah i've i've heard an announcer on the radio say
1: oh and that was voodoo chili by jimmy hendrix <laughs> yeah, great i bet voodoo chili's nice though i bet it's really hot I bet that'd be a name for a really hot chili. And chili, coincidentally, uh, listeners at home, Jim fact! Chili's my favorite meal. So, there you go. Hi-hat shuffle. That's right, baby. I know my drumming lingo. A hi-hat shuffle. Very 70s disco vibe. Tss, 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 tss. Hitting that, like coming off the bell of the hi-hat. Tss, 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 tss. Well, there's some extra...
0: Yep. There's some extra percussion in there. And I, I must apologize that I couldn't find... The name of whether this particular percussion has a name. I just wrote mini symbols, but you got this like, tsh, 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 but it's got like a bit of a ding to it.
3: Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, little ting. I don't
0: think that's Borden's drumming. I don't think that's part of his kit. I, I think that's a little extra percussion in there. Oh, do you really? Yeah, I do.
1: Oh, I like
2: it. I like it
0: a lot. You know, as far as the whole movie soundtrack vibe sort of happens, the whole setup for the song, having the air raid siren in the intro as well, really nice, really nice move.
1: A bit of a throwback to episode 32 there with a, a small victory. World War II oh, air, air raid siren. Yeah,
0: but is there a, there's, a, there's not a – oh, in the interlude. No, there's no but link, in the I'm interlude, there was a, a, there's, like a, there's a bit of a – in a of a small victory, there is a bit of a siren thing. So there is, it is actually, it, you're right.
1: Just, a, I'm just, just not making any connection with this song and that other than, oh, a bit of a throwback. Anyway, then we get the sample. What's the very first word? The very first word is, hang on, I'll tell you one sec. And I know this for a specific reason. So the very first word is a varig. Is it? Which I thought it was is an a- airline. Oh, what is it? A a Varig? Varig. Yeah, yeah, an airline.
0: Oh, thank you.
1: The intro is spoken by a famous Brazilian actress called Iris Letieri, uh, and she's reading a flight announcement from uh, uh, Rio de Janeiro, Galeo, Galeo, Galeo. Galeo. International Airport. Yep. Yep, that's the one. Uh, and Patton fell in love with that voice. Uh, Understandably. And recorded it on his DAP machine while touring in Brazil in 1991. Now, there is an interview from 1991, which Mike Hayes, Mike MH, the other One guy, the three is going to play in a second from us. And it's uh, an interview in Sao Paulo just after those gigs. Cue Mike Patton.
2: Edith Lechieri. <laughs> mio amore <y> e sposa. <laughs> <laughs> you better explain to people. Gostosa. you never knew her. I mean, okay. <laughs> but the I love her. I've fallen in love with her. Her voice. Remember I mean, In the what, airports? What did you? At the airport? Like yes. Just saying things like "fly no." Yes, because early in the morning we get up at like four thirty in the morning. We go to the airport, uh-huh. and uh, right. in the morning we're all in bad moods, sure. and we get to the airport, and uh, we don't we don't say anything to each other. We don't even want to look at each other. Man, the whole time. <laughs> and we get there. First thing you hear in the airport. Varig
1: flight. first one is... ah. I've got a a, a sample from Roddy Bottom here. We sampled the voice of this woman who's pretty famous in Brazil. She announced flights for Varig Airlines. We all really liked the voice and she pretty much summed up our whole Brazilian experiences. So we taped her, used the voice, and now she's suing us for using her voice without permission. That's right. Right, this is from Small Victories which is a book by that dude, Adrian Hart. I need to read that you, If you haven't read it, you should read it. Mm. And this is from that. Uh, when Leteri, Letieri read in the Brazilian newspaper that her voice had been used on the album, she immediately went out to buy the record to make sure... It was my voice. She was not a fan of the music. I confess, it's not my genre. I am and always have been a jazz fan. But she recognised her voice and eventually started legal proceedings against the band's Brazilian label. In the end, the financial settlement was agreed to compensate her. She says, I had two reactions, one of indignation because I thought it was disrespectful to a professional announcer and also that this only happened because it was Brazil. Today, I can see the silver lining. There's all the info you need on that sample. Now, I have always thought that it sounds a bit like Creepy Rodrigo. I have gone above and beyond, and my creepy little friend has re-recorded the flight (laughs) announcement, especially for (laughs) this (laughs) award-winning podcast. Are you
2: ready? Oh, God. (laughs) Fodding. Flight 810 to Miami.
1: Now boarding <laughs> gate 12. There we go. Thank you very much, Creepy Rodrigo. Let's have a round of applause for Creepy Rodrigo. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: you've been listening to for podcast, Grisant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we spent
0: uh, no, it's, it's interesting that Patton was so fascinated uh, with that voice. Uh, I
1: feel
0: as though now you'll know because you're you're the store of information in your head. You're the F facts guy. This mm. is a this is a Bungle fact, though. Okay. The intro to Raging Wrath demo, the dark and stormy house, the voice that was originally lifted mm. from a Disney thing when Bungle released did the re record. Recently, they mm. had a female actor read that yeah, part.
1: Yeah, Danny DeVito's ex wife. Uh,
0: her voice is similar. Yeah, and, and her voice has that sort of croak. Rhea
1: Perlman, there you
0: go. Rhea Perlman, thank you. People say female actor now. You can still say actress, though. Is it? Is, is that a. No, he's not. Just, is it a broad. You say actor broadly. You, see, you know, I, I, I knew a, a female actor some years ago and I asked her how she felt about that. And she said she prefers actress. She preferred the identity as being proud as a female actor and I'm an actress. And that's what she said. That's what she said. There's
1: always one, isn't there? But so it's
0: just, okay, well, the female actor.
1: Love to have you on the show, female actress.
0: uh, Kathleen Turner also has a rather husky sort of voice and that reminds me of the same sort of- Jessica
1: Rabbit. What? Jessica Rabbit from um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. She does the voice for Jessica Rabbit. No shit. And she was also- In Friends, and she played Chandler's dad. (laughs) Ah, Chandler's dad had a sex change, and she played Chandler's dad.
0: Well, she plays a rather hilarious character in Californication.
1: I've never seen Californication. Is that the one with
0: Mulder and Scully in it? Yes, it's got David Duchovny.
1: David Duchovny, fat.
0: I have a drumstick of David Duchovny's.
1: What? That's such a random thing to say. That's like saying something like, I don't know. I've got Mel Gibson's toenail <laughs> clippers at home. No, I um,
0: I I love the show Californication.
1: Warwick <laughs> Davis fact: I have a pair of uh, wife friends. One's owned by Warwick Davis. He signed them with his own asshole. W- go on, sorry. Warwick on. Davis
0: fact: I actually caught a Willow T-shirt at the movie premiere. When I was a child,
1: you, don't, you didn't even know Warwick Davis. I didn't was know last that was station.
0: his name, but I knew the movie Willow. <laughs> but yeah, uh, David oh, Duchovny dear.
3: fact.
0: Uh, oh, I've gosh. watched Californication through, I think, three times now, possibly four.
1: Are you a fan just because it's got same name as a Red Hot Chili Peppers album? Just admit it, Michael. You're that shallow, aren't you?
0: They they claimed that that was just a coincidence and it wasn't intentional. So I was I was watching it. For like the third or fourth time through with my girlfriend, and I think I was a bit drunk or possibly stoned while watching it, and I was like, "I love this show so much. I'm so thankful to David Duchovny for playing this actor. This this show." I, and I was getting all sentimental about how much I love California and I said, "He's about to tour here soon, and I want to meet him. I want to go to the show." I'm, and and what anyway, does he do? So I didn't. What's I didn't talk well, I didn't meet him. But David Duchovny, uh is also likes to play guitar and sing um and I never quite knew that. poorly never knew yeah that. it's it's very daggy it's very daggy sort of like if you have an image of him as like cool molder or uh cool hank moody you're better off just not checking out his music at all but uh my girlfriend entered a competition and we won tickets to go to a show oh good so we just we just we just got to just attend a show because she just I said that and she went, oh, I'm just going to end it this competition and she won. Uh, so we went and saw David DeCalfney nice. and uh, one of the songs, he's hitting the shit out of a cowbell with a drumstick mm. and at the end of the song he threw the drumstick into the crowd and-, uh, and You caught it? No. It just hit the floor oh. and I turned around and no one picked it up, so I did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> it just fell on the floor.
0: It, <laughs> just looked it flew anyway. over my head. No, I don't want that. It flew over my <laughs> head and- um, I, I, it, it touched my fingers on the way past, but I, I'm, I'm not the most coordinated person. And it,
1: so as soon as it, it left the stage, <laughs> the ground. from David Jacof in his hand, it became trash.
0: <laughs> I turned around and everyone's just kind of awkwardly looking at it, like, oh, I didn't catch it. So I was like, I'll take it. And I just, I just really slowly just turned around and went, well, if no one else is going, this is mine now. Yeah. You
1: know, um, one of my favorite actors is Kiefer Sutherland and, uh, Kiefer Sutherland plays country music now. I, even though I love his acting, I cannot bring myself to go see him live because it's just the most depressing music mm-hmm. there is in in a country fashion.
0: Yeah, yeah. So. No, so, I understand. Yeah. Yes, that was sort of my experience. I of kind saying. of always
1: think when musicians go into acting, they often pull it off better than actors that go into, into being music. musicians uh, for example, Sting. See, he hasn't done a lot of movies, but the movies have been in and the characters have played have been pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. And Mike yeah, Mike yeah. Patton was in that movie some time ago. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's that called again? Uh, Firecracker. Firecracker. Well met. By- I've got a DVD. Yep. I bought it f- I had to buy it from America and get the, the, re- the region two version of it. How many times and- have you watched
0: the DVD, Jim?
1: Oh, many, many, many times. Sometimes when I'm alone at home and there's nothing on the box, I think, ah, do you know what? I'll put that firecracker DVD on with Mike Patton's excellent acting yeah. where yeah. he plays two, two completely yeah. different characters yeah. by bleaching his hair blonde yeah. for one of them and then having a little grey goatee beard for the other. Yeah. Verse one Keeves move up a tone. You've got that kind of doo, 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 and then the keys move up, like that, just like that. Yeah, it's a mon- it's a monkey fucking motherfunker of a verse.
0: I feel like he's still talking about the intro because he hasn't started singing yet. When the keyboards go up, no, the- it's all
1: the same fucking thing, isn't it? It's just this.
0: Yeah, but he got- and then he jumps up a an, an octave. Uh, would an you, octave. you say
1: there's a bit of slap bass going on there That's, underneath? This is- when, when we get to this point cuz I can I could not quite distinguish between the bass and the guitar whether the guitar's doing the kind of that kind of slappy sound or the bass is actually No,
0: that's the bass, bro. Yeah, it's this this is the first real slap we get on Angel Dust. I know that you said in Land of Sunshine Well, that's apart slap. from
1: Land of Sunshine, that's not slap.
0: It's not slap. It's got a, it's got a Apart from Land of Sunshine. It's not slap though. It, like Land of Sunshine has a bit of a um it's it's pokey in tone. Let's just
1: say that "Crack Hitler" is the second song on the album to have a bit of slap bass in it. Let's
0: let's just agree. Let's say that. Just all hear what Jim has to say, but know yeah. that this is the only real slap on the. <laughs> True slap involves in involves a a a pop and a pluck, just like in Land of Sunshine. Yeah, sure. Cool. I tell you what, you. You find a live bit of footage of Bill playing Land of Sunshine, uh, and show me that he's. Do you know what? I'll go one better. A slap style. I'll yeah, go okay. one better.
1: Yeah. I will give my uh, BBF a call, and I'll I'll ask him.
0: You're going to ask Bill Gould. Would he consider the 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 playing style of Land of Sunshine slap Slice?
1: Yeah. Yep. You're, yep. you're sincerely going to And gonna then do this? whatever he says yeah. is the definitive answer, yeah?
0: Definitive, yeah. And the then. Definitive
1: answer, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Whatever Bill says, I'm going to ask him. So next episode, I'm going to come back with that.
0: Okay. And whoever's incorrect has to apologize to the other next episode. Do a All sincere right. Yeah? apology.
1: Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh,
0: the drums are cool, too. The drums, yep, the way... Oh, I mean, cool. you did talk about the drum, little, the little shaft-style, uh, shuffly... What did you call it? You said something. You said some things.
1: Yeah, I said some things.
0: Oh, and this was my thought around hmm. the drums. I've got, I've got like, a stack of notes near the beginning of the song, and then they sort of just thin out as the song moves on because there's a lot of, you know, repetition of parts. Yes, But one of my I thoughts agree. was... Yep. Uh, I remember commenting on the kindergarten episode that Mike Borden's drumming style is actually really unusual for him in that song. In kindergarten, he plays a more straightforward approach to the drums. Yes. And it feels like Crack Hitler is much more a Mike Borden approach. Like, there's a really... There's still a really interesting approach to it. It's almost like uh, when he's playing the main beat, there's still some really, like, just straight-ahead sort of hi-hats, but there's still, like, some Tom's thrown in
1: yeah it involves toms in, in this beat which you wouldn't ordinarily find in a beat from the 70s for example you know like a, a, a it's all the 70s funky style disco style is all about the hi-hat and the snare mm. but, you mm. know there's not very few toms in there and in fact I've seen drummers play in like funk outfits and, and stuff like that and they don't have any toms they literally just have a snare and a hi-hat
0: yeah yeah that's true yes no, and, and he's sewing he's sewing in these toms as a bit of a, a conventional faith no more. You know the old booger dagger approach. P. Diddy boarding. P. Diddy Borden with his
1: booger diddy. Yep, little booger diddy. Well,
0: yeah, and the uh, so you, the bass line is the only the only slap that you hear on the is album. It second, it's and uh, it's got the boom boom doo ding booger ding booger ding boom boom booger ding booger ding booger ding, and that bang, ding is the sort of. Pluck. And that happens on an off beat and the kick of uh of P. Diddy is uh a beat of Borden Diddy. I already forget what we call him. Booger Diddy. Yeah. The, the the kick hits on that offbeat a couple of times as well. So it's all it's all falling in like it's all falling in well it's falling in time, which is what you would expect of the rhythm section. Uh, but there's that relationship with the, the plucks of the of the only slap that you hear on Angel Dust in this mm-hmm. riff. Yep. Uh, from,
1: and the, from the, the second sec- second seconds seconds.
0: Yeah. Yep. 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 And yep. Mike Borden's kick drum. Yeah. Yep. And that, okay. that that for me leads us into the uh, into the verse where the vocals commence. Yep,
1: sink the eight ball, by Lady a drink, and nobody knows my name. Bodies float above from the bottom of the river like bubbles in fine champagne. Yeah, A few nice little metaphors there from Patton. I've got uh, another quote from Small Victories. These are Adrian's words. Patton had no input into the musical composition of Crack Hitler, but he brought his own vocal production input to a Faith No More track for the first time. He strenuously beat down Wallace's objections to using distortion on the track, with the producer aghast that the new microphones he had purchased for at $20,000 a piece to remove all trace of distortion were being put to such use cool yeah Mike Patton's got that CB as um, someone called it in the, in the um, emails yeah he's got that distorted sound which is angel dusty as fuck you know screw you Matt Wallace I love that effect I think it sounds great
0: it is a it is you know Patton is a big fan of using vocal effects and you know dead. It comes around, um, there was that mention in the emails earlier of God Hates a Coward, but there's a lot of Phanimous era, even, you know, the uh, California era of Bungle and, uh, and Tomahawk, and then lots of Patton stuff. Loves, loves, loves a bit of, uh, oh, and Dillinger Escape Plan. Of course, sort of when thing. he does
1: this live, he uses a megaphone to do it. Yes. Yes. Can we talk about yeah. lyrics? Yeah. So we've got Mike Patton doing that angel dusty thing where he um, inhabits a character. We've explored it so many times whilst talking about this album. And in this case, they seem to tell the story of an international man of mystery, a spy or a a gangster or something. But Mike Patton and Bill Gould Mm -hmm. go into their own description of the lyrics on that uh, CD that came free with Angel Dust, the interview CD. So we can play that sample right now of the actual guys talking about the meaning of the lyrics.
3: It's about a crack dealer who became like Hitler, who's actually black, and Jace, so that really confuses the Jace whole issue. Yeah, in, it does. international
1: Playboy spy. He because
2: was describing about how uh, the drug affected him and it make him, f- him it make him, f- it it made him feel like uh, like Hitler may have.
1: Yeah. So, and I've got a quote here from uh, Patton from 1992. Uh, we all kind of live with the ideas, the genesis of the songs, so it was a lot easier for us to see where each song was going. For example, sometimes we'd think of a visual image for a song beforehand. Like we'd see, say, a crack dealer with a Hitler moustache wearing a Superman cap, running through an alley, shooting policemen. You'd kind of come up with this musical interpretation of that visual image. That's kind of the way the band writes songs sometimes. And this is something that the band have have mentioned on various occasions. And I'm not sure we've touched on this during this angel dust series that the band worked on visuals rather as the beginning of songs rather they did the same with RV, you know, rather than starting off from a musical Genesis, it was more of a visual thing that they were putting music to hence Writing a soundtrack to something, hence writing a theme song to something, which Mm. is a great example in Crack Hitler. Yes. And as you go through these lyrics in the song, got that seventies cop vibe to it. And you, I don't know about you, but I kind of like visualize songs when I'm listening to them. I have like a, you know, the songs that don't have video accompaniments like this one. I kind of play a video in my head.
0: I I get what you mean. And the. Even without paying too much attention to the lyrics, it almost gives like a narrator vibe. Yeah. Like, or you know, you know, like that CB radio. It's like the cop checking in sort of thing. Mm. But it's almost mm. like there is, there is a, There's definitely the uh, the the impression of a scene.
1: Yeah, it's very visual, very cinematic.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, no, I dig it.
1: Right, I'm ready for chorus. Are you? Would you call this the chorus? Well, my note says there ain't no chorus. Just a yeah. key change. Don't bore
0: us, but is there a chorus?
1: And Mike Patton's using the same vocal effect, but he's now singing in his best Sly and the Family Stone voice with backing vocals.
0: Yeah. Very Mr. Bungle. Oh, would you call this Mr. Bungle?
1: Definitely. Yeah, yeah. The voice, very Mr. Bungle. And do you know what? The whole song, as a Mr. Bungle vibe, if you're thinking of uh, uh, the debut album, you know the the, yeah, the, sure. the funky kind. Of, you know they do a lot of this the, the imitation of of themes and and songs and and ideas and and mm. and music from other sources like commercials and other um, uh, cultures and stuff. Mr. Bungle do that so much, and this feels to me like Faith No More kind of approaching that train of thought, that kind of style.
0: It's it's you're right. It it definitely has. It's one of the more bungle on Angel Dust. I hadn't really thought about it, but I, I I noticed the exact same thing. He's got the same effect on his vocal. He's singing the main melody, and then there are these great harmonies mm. over the top that they've got almost like I was I, I felt like it was almost like a soul kind of yeah, like violin. Stevie Wonder
1: or yeah, it's definitely got that twang to his voice. That's the best way I can describe it, like a twang.
0: Yeah, I don't know how to because this. There's something, there's something odd about them. They sound a bit haunting to me. I know that's not fitting in the same, but there, there's a hauntingness to them. Maybe it's because they're
1: kind of pitch bend that he puts on his voice jars ever so slightly.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I
1: think that gives that that haunting feel. But if I think the only other song in Angel that I've compared to or likened slightly, not a lot, to Mister Bungle is Land of Sunshine, and it just
3: coincidental
1: mm-hmm. that both our songs have slap bass on them.
0: <laughs> we'll find out. It's we'll interesting that out. you say that, but it, and well the, the the other thing about this section is that the song has been in E the whole time so the uh the the main riff that we hear the the bass guitar' has been doing this uh and then it shifts just to to because this being the only song uh slap bass on it uh, he's second you know he's popping you pop with your thumb and you pluck with your fingers uh this section he goes into just popping to so bon, and he's hanging on the f sharp shifts to an f sharp. Jim Martin He's got some groovy Groovy fucking riffs Going on in this song Doesn't even change The riff though mate All he does Just shifts it up Two frets Moves it from Mm. an E Goes a a tone away To F sharp
2: Okay Just
1: plays plays The
0: same riff Just plays the same riff But in F sharp (laughs)
1: Yeah. Jim wrote the guitar lines for this song. There's no Bill involvement in the guitar lines that we know of. Well,
0: you know, I'm going to say something. Oh, go on. It's coming. I wrote F sharp.
1: I thought you were going to say, I wrote the guitar lines for this song. <laughs> go on.
0: Sorry. F sharp. Guitar same. Boo. I dig the, uh, the intro. We've got our waka wakas. And mm-hmm. then we go wow 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 wow. I'm not singing it exactly right, but then so in the the main the main riff, you know the main verses, mm-hmm. I, I can dig it. And when it shifts, I just want to hear something a little bit different because the bass moves to its popping and the keyboard melody shifts entirely. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it moves to it. It's got a different movement to it. It's just a bit repetitious for me. I like it. You know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Look, I'm I'm sure plenty of people do. It's just, would have liked to have heard. I I think this song in particular is a song where the guitar is not really at the forefront. It's what Faith No More always strived to achieve and particularly did achieve with John Hudson, where the guitar is just another instrument in there. It's not sat on the top of the rest of music, like in a lot of other bands and like, Mm -hmm some of the early Faith No More stuff, the real thing, introduced itself where the guitar is like a whole different thing going on on top of the bass drums and keyboards. I think that here the guitar settles and becomes part of the overall mix and there's nothing, out, even in the um, breakdown sections, which we're going to get to in a second, Mm. there's no real riffs. There's no, I mean, there's some funky shit going on, but there's no real... Definitive riffs that, um, that stand out above the melody lines from Roddy and from Mike Patone.
0: <laughs> Patone. The but It's a consistent thing with Faith No More, that you've got your rhythm section, you've got Booga Daddy Bill rocking it with uh, Booga Diddy, mm. killing it in the rhythms, and Bill often plays simplified melody in favour of accentuated rhythm let's say Mm. uh then roddy always fucking kills it with something rad on the keyboards and the guitars often complement something else that stay out of the way of the vocal or sometimes complement the vocal but the guitars often sort of play that least important role but also then becomes extremely important because of where it slots in so i'm agreeing i'm agreeing with you entirely like it's just it's it's staying with the Faith No More formula. The Faith No More-mula, if you will.
1: <laughs> Witty. I'm not sure I like that enough to become a thing. but
0: look, well, It may may crop up again. I just this F-sharp section, I just don't think it's Jim's strongest moment. No, no, okay. Because the way that it slots in through the intro and the verses, there's a good sort of complementary. It's different. Like it's different to what the, the bass and the keyboards are doing. But then it just when it shifts to F sharp, it doesn't move in the same way that I feel like the the bass and the keyboards do. That's all. It still works, and I'd never really noticed it until I, you know, do what I do with preparing for an episode where I dissect the shit out of it. And I go, oh wow! After all these years, I dig these almost thirty years of listening to this album. Thanks for digging, man.
1: I got a gash on my head and a grin on my face and a shadow called
2: Danger. danger.
1: Hiding in the sheets and on the streets, the heart of every stranger.
0: Good little rhyming structure in this one.
1: Yeah, I like the lyrics in this verse. I like Shadow Called Danger. I like hiding in the sheets and on the streets in the heart of every stranger. I like it. But yep. there's no there's no difference in music in this verse. Can we
0: move on? Well, I like the way that he says danger, and you you did it in your recreation just now. I know I did. So is. uh we don't need to stay on that. But the C B radio, when he says Hiding in the sheets and on the streets, yeah. you get Sound that written. good bit of CB radio sort of uh, sibilance cutting yeah. through. And, and you uh, get a, a nice very touch.
1: similar thing towards the end of the song when we get there. Look out!
0: Uh, yep. Yep. Sure. Yep. Well, let's let's keep that in mind for when we get there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And then we're on to the second um, key change bit. But then we get to the breakdown, baby. Breakdown. I'm gonna say it's a bugger dagger, but like we've confirmed before on other episodes, the bugger dagger has various different geysers, and I think it's got that kind of early. Um, we care a lot. Introduce yourself boom 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 are you gonna jump in at any point here I them- understand why you say that Jim
0: you make an excellent point do you know what happens in this section it shifts from four four to 12 eight the tempo also slows down the time signature shifts it moves from a 4-4. So, 4-4, uh, um, if you go da 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 da, you are 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 and 1 and 2 and 3 and 4, you're 1e and a 2e and a whatever you want to do. Mm. That's, a, that's a straight 4-4, 1 and 2 and 3 and 4. and It shifts, it slows down a little bit, and it goes into a 1 and a 2 and a 3 and a 4 and a 1 and a 2 and a 3. Uh, it's like a ball, Yep, yep. Uh, incidentally, although it's not slap bass, Land of Sunshine, twelve eight Boom, da 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 ba ba boom, ba 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 ba, one and the two and the three and the- so you got this 12 8. Uh, hmm. the other song I could mention, um, I'm sure they do it in other songs and I don't have them at first thought, but Woodpecker from Mars is also okay. 12 Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, totally understand why you're why you are referring to this as a booger dagger. And uh, look, I'll I'll give you. Okay, it. thank you. I, <laughs> not that you not that you needed it from me, but uh, well, I'm
1: surprised Anna Maria Starnell didn't put it in her email
0: because she had so many things facts you want to say. So we, many facts. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, she
1: had so many facts. Uh, so the hair sample, I'm gonna throw it out there that i think it's the same hey hey that's used in the seagull song
0: yeah and i think the hey is
1: literally just one of these samples that's probably already loaded into roddy's keyboard i don't think it's anything it's very ele- electronic sounding it's very sample sounding
0: is it not is it not the band yelling hey in the studio you don't think at all i don't
1: think so And the reason I say this is because if you watch the footage of the band recording Mm. Seagull song, Roddy is playing it, he's pressing a key and triggering the sample.
0: Yeah. In terms of of my preparation for this episode, Mm. I am disappointed with myself for not examining these Hayes.
1: Well, you would have thought you would, seeing as though it's your second name. Mike Hayes,
0: very good. That was that was.
1: Oh, lovely. that's.
2: I'm so witty
1: this evening, aren't I? So so many witty comments that you're just trying to brush off because you know that they're slap bass in land sunshine.
0: <laughs> but it's. I I am disappointed that I didn't really examine the the repetition of the haze to whether there's any nuance that makes any of them different from each other. I think what we should do quickly. Is mm. do a little back to back of dropping in this section you're talking of Seagull Song. Uh, for anyone who's not an absolute Faith No More nerd, Seagull Song was recorded during the Angel Dust sessions and is one of the few to have never been released at no.
1: all. No, there's not many people that have heard the full version of it. I have. Oh, la dee da. Often called the Shuffle song as well, Seagull song, Shuffle song. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, never got released. And a short snippet of it is available on YouTube. And you can see in that Making of DVD that Mike spoke about earlier, the the video of the Making of from the studio, there is some scenes where they're out working on that song.
0: Well, so no, we, we, we're going to do a back to back. So here's a little, here's a little hey from Shuffle song, Seagull song and then we'll just play the actual crack hitler Is it the same sample? Did it sound
1: the same? We don't know.
0: We'll know. We'll know in the future
1: when this gets Yes, we will. All I wanted to say on that breakdown is Jim's guitar is literally just strumming some chords, very similar to what he does in Midlife Crisis. He also just
0: turns the wire off, so he's been doing the same thing all song, and Mm. then just turns it off and just goes... I think it's a B. It's a B. A, A, B... B B uh, A A C A A B D Hey! Yeah, I was hey! waiting for you to do that.
2: Hey! It's the section hey!
0: of
1: the song. Hey! I don't know how come he hadn't done hey! it yet? Hey, I tell you what is interesting: where it comes out into the next verse, where yeah. we come out of the breakdown and begin the next verse. That's interesting. Why? doon doon gonna gonna prowl. And a tap on the phone, it just comes out of it. It's tight, it's tight, and it's actually it just slides out of it like a lubricated knob coming out of a vagina. Oh damn it! I mentioned knobs.
0: I, penis, penis, penises again. Eye.
1: But the is back. Uh, it's unexpected, but not unexpected. Especially uh, live,
0: live. It just as well. Pattern always just just drops back into that vocal mm-hmm. i mean the mm-hmm. whole band drop into the section um but i always just like it, it just has a really like it's just so big and dramatic and it's probably actually uh jim martin jumping back on the wire and going back into his disco thing mm-hmm. like it it's yeah no you're absolutely right it it just it just slides like something some sort of euphemism yep it's lubricated I-
1: And then we've got verse three, which is just like verse two and verse one, but with different lyrics.
0: Yep, got it, got it, got to say mm-hmm. just one, just one little point on this section because it is the same as verses one and two pretty well. Did you have anything to say on the lyrics? Or? Not
1: really. I mean, my favourite lyrics in the song have, have come and gone, which is the the verse two.
0: Well just before we go ahead just while we're on this verse the drum fill coming out of it uh before we go to the final F sharp section mm-hmm. the drum fill it's uh 2 minutes 38 seconds mm-hmm. it's very tom heavy it goes <laughs> like it's Is just it tom tastic tom tastic yep he plays uh crazy Tomnastics yeah. In the way he delivers it it's a weird fill i love it like it's weird cuz it just sort of it really does just go <laughs> i don't know for sure And I don't know if I really want to say this or not, it's not uncommon in the studio back in the day when people recorded to tape to drop in on a change of section. Like if a mistake is made, Mm -hmm. if you're recording through a song, Uh, very, very common to record, um, you know, like if a singer's recording through verses and one of the lines is a bit off, they'll just Mm -hmm. drop in, sing that line and drop out again, right? Sometimes. If the you know sometimes you you could play a song uh, famously Metallica's Black album Lars played multiple takes of songs and they chose the best bits from multiple yeah. takes and taped all his drum parts together and they then they do all these tape cuts you know and the song gets stitched together that fill at two thirty eight there's a weird little cut sound and I don't know. It just sounds a bit funny to me, like it's been dropped in mid-fill. Now, if someone's super techie drummer can comment on this and tell me what's going on there. There's just a weird little in the sound that doesn't sound like a snare hit and it's it's just a bit off. It sounds like the echo of a snare, like a snare got hit in the previous take and then it drops in. Anyway, that's all I can say on it without going into full Waffle Pants mode. so You almost went into I full already Waffle did. Pants mode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you did
1: it. Yeah, yeah Reaching yeah. up to the top, teach the world a little song. Reaching up to the top. And then we get another breakdown, and this time we get... <sighs> oh, 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 oh! Over yeah. the top.
0: Yeah, I like Which
1: I love. I would say that Patton is using an ottoman-sounding melody line <laughs> over, over, over the hey, hey, hey on this bit. I like it. It's not doesn't it oriental, sound like anything from
0: Ikea to me. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, funny. <laughs> it's uh, no, it's it's got a kind of like I don't know, like a kind of like um Eastern European kind of sound to it, like like Russian or or German or something like that, like a kind of umpa type feel to it.
2: Whoa.
1: It's very um anthemic and manly.
0: Yeah. I mean to me it was just sort of operatic and quite grand, but I hadn't really thought of it as being um world music. Hey um not to sound ignorant and uh one of the emails before referred to it being Orwellian or like ignorant. 1984 but this hey chant in my mind I'm you know imagining world war 2 series like either marching and just the chanting of hey yep. or perhaps uh you know in a in a large ceremony and presentation you've just got this chanting of hey but is it actually a recreation of anything specific? I don't. Or think is it so. just, or is it just alluding to something that you identify as sort of war-related?
1: You know, you could bring in the um, the visual image of the uh, midlife crisis single cover with like Russian soldiers marching through the Red Square to the beat of Hey. <gasps> Hey, hey. Yeah. and then you've got another guy going, Whoa! it's like a war cry, isn't it? It's like a, you know, going into battle. Yeah.
0: No, I just, I wondered if it was something specific because as a, well, as Could a be. definitely ignorant 12 year old hearing this for the first time when I was young, I just assumed that it was a reference to something specific and I, I've just sort of carried that through my life that I just always sort of had this assumption that it was something specific, but now I just wonder if it is just yeah, just more like a nod to that sound. It's bloody cool. It's cool live too. You like know, you watch the band perform it live, and you can see the audience all just like pumping their fists, kind of hey hey.
1: Mm.
0: So then we get to the break, the middle eight, the it's not really an interlude, the breakdown, the whatever you would call it's the re intro. Because it's basically exactly the same as the intro again, right?
1: You can't. I suppose you can't call it a hook, but it's the um, culmination of the song. It's the conclusion. There's a a Brill bass trail fill by Bugger Daddy Bill. Boom boom boo boodoo, boodoo boom boom. Oh yeah.
2: Like yes,
0: which is sort of like the little lead to Mike Patton saying his little bit. Which is,
1: it's in his best disco jive twang in regards to my... Play, playing this character. Some could say, in hindsight, it's slightly culturally inappropriate. I would say he's putting on his best uh, 70s, afro-sporting, flare-wearing, um, jive-ass, uh, street-dude black guy voice on. Would you agree? Oh, look, I hear what you mean. I definitely hear what you mean. I, would, however, the character that they're, they're speaking about, they have already explained is a black man. So I think it's obviously someone that they've, uh, uh, come across. So I don't think there's, there's obviously no cultural inappropriateness that here going on at all.
3: In regards to my usage of the drug, in modified fact, my personality
1: to the extent that I was highly irritable. I was like a, Did quite a good impression there, did you think? Yeah, it was alright. It was good. I always thought it sounded a bit like um, Harvey Keitel in Taxi Driver. Okay. Disco jive twang, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yep, I know what you're saying. Was it the movie Airplane with Leslie Nielsen where he spoke jive or someone spoke jive in that? Possibly. It's just a long time since I've seen that. Yeah, I feel like it's that
2: movie. Can I get you something? That's mofo. Butter laying me to the bone. jacking
3: me up. Tight me.
2: I'm sorry. I don't understand.
3: Cutty say can't hang.
2: Oh, Stewardess, I speak jive. Oh, good. He said that he's in great pain and he wants to know if you can help him. All right. Would you tell him to just relax and I'll be back as soon as I can with some medicine?
3: Just hang loose blood. She's going to catch up on the rebound on the med
2: side. What it is, Big Mama? My mama raised no dummies. I duck her rap. Cut me some slack, Jack. Say
3: cutting, 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 cutting. Say slinging, slinging, slinging. Jump the one and help chop. get the help. Say can't hang. Say seven up. Jive ass dude don't got no
1: brains
0: in it. And then and then it builds back up. I was like a
1: crack killer.
0: And then everything comes back in.
1: Oh, you got that drum fill? And then and but it like then,
0: then, then it's back and it's back again where the guitar's playing. Notes and the keyboards are back, and the bass is slapping away for the first time on the whole like album. The
1: second time for the and
0: second time. The, <laughs> but both on the album and also live, it's like a really magical moment
1: because mm, it's like yeah, I agree,
0: everything comes back, and I think that's where the most energy is of the song. And I actually, for me, not not my favourite of their songs, you know, in a big package, but. Definitely I think it might have been in my top ten, but it's definitely the moment you wait for, you know, this bit. Where but
1: Patton's goes. vocal line that comes in next is not in keeping with the lifting of the song. It's quite laid back, a voice that we've not heard in the song so far, like a kind of falsetto thing going on. Yeah, the give whispery up
2: thing. The
1: vibe, and into the wind, I
2: never give up.
1: And then you've got that xylophone. Melody the over navig- the top yeah, that mirrors yeah, Pat's yeah. vocal line which I've got one note here genius oh really I it's, had one note
0: here that was fucking love it xylophone
2: oh right okay
1: well
0: <laughs> mine's an objective obs- you know observation yours is more subjective
2: yeah definitely yeah. <laughs>
0: I also like this elephant, and I again, it's sort of like dumb kid me thought evidence pattern when he does the high falsetto bit of evidence. I thought no, that you was thought a this woman. was some chicks. I thought on. it was. I yeah, thought yeah. it was like a you chick's voice. Yep, dumb, stupid kid me. Was it um, chicks sent me high? <laughs> oh, throwback!
1: Oh, I'm so witty. You are
0: in the in the show notes. Jim is witty in this episode I'm going to vote this your wittiest episode thus far
1: I'm gonna take that vote and run <laughs> <should>. with it
0: <laughs> <laughs> and 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 when Patton does a and I'm the wink I thought that was the coolest voice in the world I used to impersonate it and I've got this really bad habit from a kid impersonating Mike Patton where I where I'd always like sing a little bit too much into my nose and we're like, like can you hear that? Can you hear? And I thought I sounded just like him when I did that. How
1: far did you take the impersonation? Did you eat your own shit? Ooh, I didn't take it that far. Definitely.
0: I don't, look, I don't think I took it as far as you. You even got the eyebrow ring, didn't you? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah most I ever did was slick back my hair and sing it I had the goatee beard. I had the goatee beard. Yep. Yeah, and the. And sort of the outfits tried to, my best attempt at the outfit. Oh, also um, bad posture. Like, you know how Patton sort yeah, of yeah. walks with that yeah. slouch shoulders and head forward?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: No shit. Me as a teenager and unfortunately growing up I've had bad posture and I truly think I have to owe it to being a kid trying to look cool <laughs> with Patton's kind of stoopy look and on stage i used to you know how he has the sort of cocked hand i think after his hand injury yeah
1: yeah yeah i did that on as stage well. i it's that like kind of like oh hand in it you know yeah <laughs> yeah i have that there yeah, was um there was a
0: stage. scene in um 97 year i yeah, think yeah i know exactly Evans. what you mean Patton goes keep your lipstick to your fucking self and throws it with this really sort of limp wrist <laughs> and um yeah. i re- i remember being oh I'm going to say I was 19 or 20 doing a gig with my band and we were playing at the Iron Duke Hotel. Uh, anyone from Sydney in a West area would possibly know the Iron Duke. Haven't, it doesn't, hasn't had bands in a long time. Um, I believe Deftones played there at some point though. But Iron Duke Hotel and I'm on stage singing with my band doing my little cocked sort of limped wrist sort of thing, pattern look, and I could see some guys at the back of the room Actually mimicking me and like having a laugh, basically uh, making fun indeed. of me, kind of like, but noticeably kind of going, huh, he even, he's even doing the pattern thing. Like they were aware of the pattern
1: thing. Luckily for me, nobody ever made the associations with me wearing a a black suit on stage with a black tie, even though the rest of the band had their own clothes on, uh, the normal <laughs> casual clothes, and yeah. doing the, yeah, the, the limp wrist and crouching and rolling around on stage and stuff. Nobody ever came up to me and said, ah, you know, you think you might Patton me, don't you? Um, nobody ever did that. I got yeah. away with it. No, I,
0: I even came off stage and these guys, one of them said, hey man, good gig, you, are you a pattern fan by chance or something like that? And I went, yeah, and I had seen them, you know, making fun of me.
2: You know, it's because I had
1: it coming. Well, you know, be original, man. Well, just um, being the safe knowledge that right now, neither of them is talking on an award-winning podcast dedicated to that said band, Faith No More, Mike Patton. Yeah, whoever you are out there who took the piss out of Mike, love to have you on the show.
0: (laughs) The Iron Duke meanies. Uh, (laughs) But then he does the... Yeah, it does that
1: bit. That's that's good. And then there's the ooh, ooh, ah, ah, look out, look out. thing. Yeah, um, which we said earlier, the distortion stroke, CB stroke, um, high frequency voice. effect. Yes. Yeah, yep. it, it really look out makes this sentence unintelligible, unless you've got the lyrics in front of you, you don't know what it's saying. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it gives it, it <laughs> you've got a real bungle impersonation going on there. It sounds almost like platypus or something, the way you're doing that. Ooh, ooh, ah! There's like a second ooh that's tracked yep. differently, and it's like it's actually got a little bit of. Uh, it's not repetitious. It's not samples. We're talking about samples before. There's like mm-hmm, a, a real mm-hmm. emphasis on the second ooh. Look out!
2: Ooh, ooh, ooh!
0: Look out! That bit. <laughs> Ooh, ah, yeah, that's it. And um, you said it. Oh, but and it comes to an end with a really tight. Ba-ba-bum, ba-ba-bum. Sick little. And that's it. Dig-a-dug, 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 good tight, good tight ending. Succinct snare All hits. Like your uh, notes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Another witty comment from Jim. <laughs> it's
0: not your best work, but still fair. Mate, that's crack that's Hitler. it.
1: Yeah. Crack Hitler. One more song to go. Jizz Lover. And then we've spoken about every song on Angel Dust. If you don't want to do. Apart from Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. Are uh, we going to stick that in the kind of B-sides? Because it's a cover. Uh... We can't do a full, full episode on Midnight Cowboy,
0: surely. Well, yeah. I don't want to do a full episode about Easy either if we're counting. I don't really count <laughs> that.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's that's a B-side, isn't it? Yeah, it's a B-side. We can stick that in B-side. Yeah. I hope everybody enjoyed that as much as I did. Ooh, Live.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, d-
1: Crack it! Oh, we need mate, to put that in there. Mate, it's- we, You um, know, um, we're not over yet. We're not finished yet. We're not done yet. We're not know, quite done yet. Of all the Angel Dust songs that we've done thus
0: far, and mm. we have talked about certain songs, I would say uh, Small Victory is a, an example of a song that I was never hugely fond of, but then we do the episode and I have a newfound appreciation. Yeah. Crack Hitler is a song that I have always adored. Uh, love the song. It's uh, it's it's just sort of amongst favourites, but also just sort of sits happily just as a song that I really enjoy. I didn't have any sort of more love for it or discover anything fresh about it. It was sort of like even when I really went into dissect mode, there were no real surprises in this song. Like it's all sort of already out there.
1: I didn't change my opinion. One I older
0: Yeah. St- loved it. But it. Still love it. Yeah, just it preparation wise, it, there was probably less excitement for me. That it was just kind of like there, I think the coolest thing was when you were able to tell me what the flight announcement was for Varig. That was cool because I just I could mm-hmm. not get that. Um, and you know, some of those little gems of uh, information that you had and some of the quotes were sort of the more interesting parts to this uh, this episode for me because oh. the song oh, itself. Um, yeah, it's all out there. It's just a good, just a good, solid song. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, we, well, I've made some, I've made some notes about the live performances of it. I haven't. But our good buddy, Andrew Bowie.
1: Bowie. Bowie. Bowie, Bowie.
0: Creator of FNMLive.com online archive of the most complete and accurate listing of Faith No More's concert dates and set lists. He, he put something together for us, which is really, really awesome. So, um, I'm going to, I'm going to put that here. Hi, Mike
3: and Jim. Here's some crack hit list set list stats for you. Start of 92, Faith and More were pretty much a gunner support band and were playing short set lists. Um, they would play Midlife Crisis, RV, Caffeine, Kindergarten and Jizz from Angel Dust, but they didn't play Crack Hilla. First time we know they played it was at the Warfield in San Francisco on the 19th of August 92. During a headline show, they played Due to Some Downtime from the Gunners Metallica support after James blew up in Montreal. Um, they returned to that tour and didn't play Crack Hitler again until their own headline tour with Helmet in September 92. And it seems to be on every known set list, then pretty much every set list, until the end of January 93. And then it's just on and off played maybe one in every four shows until uh, their last show with Jim in July at the Phoenix Festival. Um, It's only been played in 92, 93, from all the set lists we have from 95 to 98. It doesn't look like Dean or John ever played it, uh, and it was never played in the reunion. So it's one of the few songs that only Jim has played live, joining uh, kindergarten the morning after and to disco
0: so that covers off just a good summary of all the stats of the 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 way the song was played thanks andy andrew yes i'd love to again have you on the show again uh uh that interesting that it never got played again and i'm surprised it wasn't resurrected for any of the reunion or solemn victor shows it's just it sort of lives there in that era of 92 93 so let's have a couple of um, couple of observations. I'll drop in some sound bites. My uh, my first little point of conversation was uh, Stockholm '93. Jim mucks up at the beginning of the song, and Mike Patton makes a bit of fun of him. That was a good one. <laughs> um, oh, <laughs> this is a this. I, I got to thank Andrew Bowie for pointing this one out. Uh, you mentioned earlier about uh, Faith No More being sued for that sample from the flight announcements. Yes, actually, a show in Sydney, uh, a really great city of the world. It on the 9th of May ninety three, Patton actually mentions that sample in the process of mm. getting sued. Mm, yeah. Oh, what another great soundbite. That was great. Um, now, there's a, there's on YouTube, there is, if you if you want to go searching for Crack Hitler Live, there is a live soundboard 93, and I can't tell what show it's from. Um, I'm sure I could match it up to a bootleg somewhere, but for the moment, it's an unknown 93 show. Uh, at the end, when Patton's doing in the regards to my usage of the drug, it's even in the comments, but he sounds a little bit like Les Claypool in Primus's Tommy the Cat. now i sent this to you and you were just talking about the jive talk uh warfield gig which andy just told us is the first time they ever played it live 19th of august 92 patton has this sort of southern voice that i even i even thought it sounded a little bit forest gumpish in parts but <laughs> more in the jive sort of it's funny i'm i'm sure when i drop the sampling, people go oh you the forest gump thing but there's he's definitely put on this voice but right at the end um I felt like he sounded a bit like Eddie Murphy.
3: A crack healer,
0: and a with chocolate. You know, you, you yeah, know yeah, me? yeah. Yep, that's that's the best. That's the best impersonation you're gonna get from me. Again, St- <laughs> Stockholm, 93, 23rd of June. We, uh, we get a similar sort of accent. So I want to play this other one where he's doing a really similar sort of uh, character. And that was that sample and it was good. Now, um, we we're talking about uh, the, the final closing line where he, where he sings the um, keep,
2: keep up the fight.
0: In the Warfield show, which is the first time they played it live, Patton actually sings the keep up the fight and he sings it. And then does the next line. He does all three of the lines mm. at Warfield, but he sings something different. Uh, keep up the fight He says like Reach up the top Or something along those lines And then Instead of singing Never give up He sings um, Something that sounds like Nothing's the same Or something along those lines So I'll drop that in <laughs> Bloody pattern, changing Uh, words. I know, just mixing things up. And consistently across all the live versions, he always sings something that sounds a bit like nothing's the same. One time it sounds almost like he says Roddy's the same. Or Anyway, he just sings something different. And I don't know if that was an intentional thing or if he's just never gone back to remember what the lyrics are. (laughs) And look, the only other thing that I wanted to mention was that Bloody Roddy he just, every R- time they go into the, um, the, the chanty hey bit, yeah. Roddy comes in early, does one hey on his own. Yeah. Roddy. Like they come in on the, they come in on the and then all the band sort of just like the one hey, hey. But Roddy keeps coming in on the first one and just does his own little hey. And then the band oh, all do it together. It's
1: you know. a show off.
0: Uh, just it doesn't get the it. I think it actually takes away from the impact of it. Of course you know? it does. Yeah. Yeah. So look, just a little observation, and you know, can't fault him. You know, he's otherwise been a really great asset to the band. So. We'll, we'll let we'll let it go this time. Uh, and that's all I have to say about that.
4: Thank you for flying vintage nineteen ninety-five Faith No More Airlines. We'll be boarding all Gould Class members first, then all passengers can get their bottom onto a seat and we'll go into a takeoff pattern. Hopefully we won't crash the plane because that's not meant to happen. Thank
2: you. New music. New music. New music.
1: I have come up with something rather special
0: for new music. Ooh, I like special. What have you got, Jimothy?
1: Last episode you will recall that one of my um, chosen albums was the soundtrack to the film Flash Gordon. Oh,
0: yes, I remember
1: that. Written and recorded by Queen. Queen. Uh, And obviously, at the beginning of this episode, I reintroduced talking about soundtracks and how soundtracks to TV shows or to films influenced Faith No More and Mike Patton and Bill and Roddy have gone on to write their own soundtracks yeah oh indeed yeah so i've put a list together of my 10 recommended soundtracks to listen to over the next month and then if we get a bit good response for it i will then pick another 10 soundtracks to listen to in next jim that's an awful lot do you
0: really feel like we can get through all that in one month
1: Oh yeah, we, we yeah we could we could reduce it if people say, well, whoa, God, there were so many soundtracks to listen to, I couldn't do it. We can take it down and maybe just have one soundtrack an episode. I've got an
0: idea. What if we did soundtrack of the week? And every week you could post to, you could not post to our socials what your soundtrack of the week is. You can still do your Should ten we do it today, but do ten today, and then if yeah. people say we like that soundtrack thing, Jim, you could you know, and you could every episode share the four that you we're going to do or, you know, something like, I, th- I think there's something in it. Can you go,
4: go. Now it's time for Jim soundtrack of the week. It's time for Jim soundtrack of the week. It's time for Jim soundtrack of the week for the week, for the week, week, week. It's time for Jim soundtrack of the week. Yes, it's right. It's time right for the time of the week. Yeah.
1: Okay. Right. So the 10 recommended soundtracks to begin Jim's soundtrack, recommendations the new feature regular feature and you know we've got two new regular features now we've got this and we've got fetish of the week (laughs) (laughs) so number the first one is the soundtrack to the series
0: two should i do my fetish of the week at the same section as well so yeah 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 we'll do fetish of the week here yeah yeah, yeah. okay look why don't i try and think of one
1: while you do your top ten. Okay.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm yeah, right. So, this. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, the first, that,
1: first, yep. <laughs> the first soundtrack is series two of the TV show Westworld soundtrack, uh, composed by Ramin Dwar I Can't pronounce that. Uh, and there's a lovely orchestral version of domana's Heart shaped Box on there. Um, but yeah, as a whole, great soundtrack. Uh, the second one is the Karate Kid soundtrack from the first film, composed by Bill Conti. Yep. Uh, right. Third one is the Young Guns 2 soundtrack by Alan Silvestri. F- very good. Uh, third one, Danny Elfman. Bit of Danny Elfman in here. His soundtrack to the film Darkman. Lovely. Darkman. Yeah.
0: Uh, oh, oh, I need to th- see that movie. I've actually, I've always wanted to see that. I wasn't allowed I've when I was younger. i never seen I wasn't allowed. Oh, it's,
1: it's a great film. Great film. <laughs> Number five is the soundtrack to the original 80s film Dune. And the soundtrack is by Toto and there's a wonderful um, song called, well, there's a theme song that runs through it and then the battle version of the theme song is what Faith No More used to use as their introduction song uh, in the 90s and you will hear that at the beginning of Live at Brixton Academy. Yeah, right. Uh, the next one Wait, is... hang
0: on. There's a new Dune film coming out, isn't there? Is that still
1: on its way? It's already out. Did you talk about that recently? I don't believe I did. No, I haven't seen it yet. I'd like to see it. Yeah. I think, oh, actually, I think um, Mr. John might have mentioned it last episode.
0: Yeah, it looks, it looks like it's going to be really good. It rings a bell that we've talked about it. Anyway, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, number six
1: yep. is the soundtrack to the fantastically amazing film with such an amazing performance by Robert De Niro. And that is the soundtrack to Taxi Driver by Bernard Herrmann. Mike Patton's a, a fan of Bernard Herrmann. Oh, yeah. I do believe. Yeah. Uh, next one John Carpenter's soundtrack to Escape from New York. John Carpenter, you know, director of the of classic Halloween, Escape from New York films, also wrote the soundtracks to him. They're very minimal, very creepy, great soundtracks. Number eight is the soundtracks to Oceanals 11, starring George Clooney, and that's written by David Holmes, and it, that's quite cool, quite funky. Number nine is the soundtrack to the film Legend, starring Tom Hardy as both the Cray twins, Ronnie and Reggie, plays both twins, Uh, And that's written by Carter Burwell. And then number 10, so my final soundtrack to kick this off, Jim's Soundtrack Recommendations, is by Brad Fidel, and that's the Terminator soundtrack. Terminator 1, Terminator 1. Not Terminator 2, Terminator 1. Not Terminator 3, Terminator 1, Terminator 1. That's the best soundtrack from the early 80s. Right, okay, that's my 10 soundtracks of the week.
0: Nice. We we need to, uh, how about this week? On the socials, don't list those out just so everyone's actually got that list to reference. Yep,
1: yep, 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 yep. And then we can start again and I can recommend a soundtrack a week. Okay. That's if people actually give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? They're like, I don't listen to that shit. Fuck you. Listen to it. Don't listen to it. I don't care.
0: Hey, I'm I'm, I'm cool with it. And look, you know, there's not a lot happening. um, You know, we'll get to Faith No More news in a moment. I'm sure you've got something really wonderful prepared for us. You know, but it's really. good to have, good to have something the community can engage with. You know,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. If if you want to be more like Mike Patton and like film soundtracks, and you don't know where to start, then Jim's soundtrack recommendations is going to help you with that. It's yeah. going to help heal the wounds of, the, of life. And if not, let's all get horny together. Yeah, with fetish of the week. Today's
0: fetish of the week is actorasty. Yeah. Or actorasty, actorasty, oh. is the arousal to the sun's rays.
4: What?
3: <laughs> uh,
0: arousal to the sun's rays, um, especially during times of COVID and coronavirus, it's important to get as much vitamin D if you can. And, you know, we know a lot of people like the D. Can you, you explain it a bit further? How does that work? It's sexual arousal to the sun, to the sun and the heat of the sun. And the the receiving of the sun.
1: I can appreciate that. There's been times when I've been laid on a sun lounger all lubed up. Yeah. After I've come out of the pool, getting a bit of a tan and thought,
0: have you ever copped direct sunlight on your schlong and gone, oh, oh, that's weird. No, I I haven't done that. Not used to direct sunlight on my schlong.
1: Nope. Can't remember doing that.
0: Yeah. I used to have a sunroom in my old house and I could be naked and and no one, and no one can see because it was like on a second floor. No one could sort of see sort of from sort of belt because from the windowsill up, they could only see my upper mm. torso. So, you know, whatever I was wearing below was, you know, only my knowledge. And um, yeah. when the sun would come in-, in It's pretty uh,
1: much like when we do podcasting.
0: Well, and yeah, I'm naked right now. And in the front sunroom was where I kept my wardrobe. So I- Was it sunny? When it was sunny, it was a beautiful um, uh, east-facing-, east-facing East-facing sunroom. Uh, I could mm. wake up in the morning and I could walk straight to my little wardrobe and I could be buck naked and just right there with the sun coming in and I could pick out my clothes for the day. Um, yeah.
1: Brilliant. Yeah.
0: And I, and I got a little bit of actor Yeah. Have you got any
1: new music, by the way? Yeah, I do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, look, I, I, I discovered a few things this week, but the one that I want to share – Uh, Is There's an Australian band And not a band I would normally listen to It's almost a bit embarrassing to be saying it I always called them Lime Cordial My girlfriend corrected me recently And said that it's actually Lime Cordial And it is spelled Lime Cordial Uh, They've just done a little EP I think six or seven tracks Mm -hmm. uh, With an English actor by the name of Idris Elba
1: Oh yeah, no Idris
0: Yeah, I thought you might Not personally, but Yeah, but you'd know of him and, uh, so they've done this, they've done this little collaboration, uh, with Idris with, uh Lime, Cordial. uh, Lime Cordial, uh, well, they're considered pop rock, but they are a bit, they are a bit alternative, sort of have to give it to them. They're a little bit unusual, but normally just fall inside an indie sort of annoying sound that I don't normally go for. But this EP has some really good little drum programming in it and moments that are a little bit sort of weenish. A bit weird mm-hmm. um, But it's mostly Idris Elba Singing on it And his vocals are
1: very cool Real Singing or, or like Because I've heard him do like a kind of rap thing Yeah,
0: before. a little bit of it all Like little bit of spoken word type stuff Almost like I think there's some moments that are almost slam poetry like Like it's spoken but not quite rap And then there's some rap uh, And then there's some singing And all just mm-hmm. good Um just, it's it's interesting, like it's cool, and apparently they really did collaborate, you know, and wrote the songs together on the spot uh, back in around about March of last year when he was here. I think he was here working on a film or a TV show or something. Uh, but while mm-hmm. he was in town, he yeah, they they caught up in the studio and got these six or seven songs together. um Yeah, I, it's really cool. It's it's interesting, and uh, there's a particular track, Holy Moly, which I which was what made it stand out to me.
1: Right, excellent. No new music for you? Uh, no, no, no music.
2: Faith No More, motherfucker. Yay. Okay,
1: not a great deal of news from Faith No More's camp. Um, Roddy Botton, still challenging Mike Patton for the busiest member of Faith No More. Part of a new project, collaboration group called Motivation, spelt with two the two O's with that kind of line through it. I don't know. If that makes the pronunciation different. I don't motivation. know. Motivation. Motivate. Motivation. The infinite eight steps to power money and more is the album coming from this collaboration out on February the 22nd. Uh, it includes Danita Sparks from L7. Uh, Norman Reedus. Like yeah, the actor from, I saw that. Uh, Walking and Dead. I actually know and, who that is. Yeah, I think he's in, he's in Blade 2, I think. Yeah. Uh, Boondock Saints, remember? And then there's a few other people who I've not really heard of. There's a f- single out already called Prison Logic, but it doesn't feature, Rod- feature oh. Roddy. So we've not heard anything from Roddy from that. Right, and that's the end of Faith the no More news.
2: Okay.
1: So I'd just like to mention a friend of mine that sadly passed away just before Christmas. Matt Jacobs was the artist behind Faith the no More comic book uh, and a Mr. Bungle comic book which was released in 2015, written by Mike Wellman, another good friend of mine. Back in maybe 2014 or 13, I was contacted by these guys to tell me they were doing this comic book. And through faith, the more followers, I got on board, helped them promote it, and became pretty good mates with them. Unfortunately, Matt has passed away. Matt also did the animation for Vince Forcier's Oddfellows video by Tomahawk. Oh, is that right? Yeah, so you can check out his work there yeah, as well. well. Yep. Mike Wellman, the author of the comic book, wrote through words about his the passing of his friend, Matt. So, uh, and you can read that on Faith and More followers.
0: And deepest condolences to Matt's family and friends.
1: It's a sad loss. It was a great talent.
0: Uh, it was mentioned in the emails uh, earlier, but we you know it has been announced that Dead Cross have a new album sometime this year. Yeah, which we already knew. But I'm not sure if we mentioned that in our segment so I may as well get
1: it in there. Um so next episode is Jislopper, one of my absolute favourites off Angel Dust. Yes. Yeah, and good one. the last one that we're gonna do a full episode on. And then I believe after that we're gonna talk about Easy, Midnight Cowboy, along with the uh B-sides.
0: What, what have we got? Let's Lynch the Landlord, das
1: Schutzenfest. Mike Patton's version of as the world turns Uh, the world is yours
0: oh yeah that fits in there doesn't it that'll be a good episode actually and then after that we'll do a live show and then after that we'll call it yep we'll just wrap it up say goodbye say goodbye goodbye bloody great it's been good to catch up with you too buddy um yeah happy new year and you know i'm I'm looking forward to to the year happy new year mr john happy new year mr john uh and you know an, an exciting year ahead and hopefully um you know, more exciting things, some exciting things to unfold coming out of the, the you know, the shenanigans of 2020 and 2021. 2022 is um, going to be our year, I think, Jim.
1: Yep, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We're already at an award-winning podcast, this. so there's just more awards for us to win. The more awards, the better.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: well... You've been listening to Podcast Croissant. This is Mike.
1: This is Jim, and I'm about to go teach the world a lesson. <laughs>
2: hey. hey! Hey! Whoa! Hey! Whoa! Hey. Hey. hey! Whoa! <laughs> Whoa.
1: That? it's rodrigo no it's rodrigo he recorded it for me oh it is actually here. and i said dude the, the, I, I asked him to do a proper creepy voice
2: <laughs> and
1: then he, he had to do it in his own voice as well just to prove that that's not his actual voice so uh, this is his actual voice one sec fighting flight
3: eight one zero two miami
2: now board gate
1: 12 that's actually, yeah, he's actually got he's actually got a quite cool voice that's he? a great
0: that actually sounds great
1: it sounds like that's it really sounds good. like he's emulating mike Patton, but with a bit of a kind of like foreign twinge to it a twinge yeah yeah